Oh, greetings, traveler, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Today is Turdos, Sun's Dawn the 13th, and you are just 49 days away from the launch of Elder Scrolls Online. This is episode 99. Our show is sponsored in part by tweakedaudio.com. For quality headphones and 30% off, use our code off the record at tweakedaudio.com and by audibletrial.com slash network. Download your free book today and get a free month worth of audiobooks at audibletrial.com slash network and more on them later, folks. Today, we're going to be covering a lot of different things. We've got a huge show for you today, folks, so strap in. We're going to be talking about our first 15 levels in Elder Scrolls Online. We'll be talking very in-depth about a lot of different things that we we didn't cover in our last episode, and uh, we're very excited to bring that to you today. Also, there was a video that dropped in Creating ESO Dark Anchors, and we'll be presenting that to you as well. And our lore master, Louis the lore master Olan, will be presenting more mythical weapons of Tamriel in the Elder Scroll. Plus, we've got your dev question of the week this week in Tamrielic Holidays. And our host mod challenge of the week, Lou, will be reporting on craftable automaton companions and your emails. I am your humble Tamrielic traveler and host this evening, Varwin, and I'm joined by our lore master, Louis Olan. Hello, Varwin. Thank you for the kind intro. Hey, chat room. Hello, Twitch, YouTube, and Hitbox. Glad you all joined us tonight. Yeah, sorry about the uh, the delay and the restart of the show, guys. <laughs> for uh, those of you listening to the podcast, we had a terrible audio issue that that forces to uh, restart the show so uh here we go and keep your fingers crossed <laughs> uh we've also got dave the dean force himself or as i like to call him dean Fusroda. jesus um first off i can't even start to tell you how how bad grammatically that is mm. uh First off, you don't put the noun in front Okay, whatever. We'll talk Draconic later, but Jesus. Okay. Good evening, everybody. I'm glad I could bring some, some delight and civility to the show. Uh, I, I am glad you are here to delight and, and keep things civil. <laughs> because that's exactly what I've done in every past show to date. Maybe barring a few recent ones. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, gee whiz, folks. Kind of a kind of a tough week last couple of weeks here at QGN. Uh, we've also got the one and only, the writer extraordinaire, the man who will not be moved, the unmovable object himself, Shank, the pumice stone selling tank. Um, I don't want Dave back. Oh. Oh. It's sad. Oh, that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Hello, people. Yay, technology. And you in the chat room, you're joining us on twitch.tv slash network. You're joining us on youtube.com slash network, And you're joining us on hitbox.tv slash network. Thanks for joining us, guys. Glad to have you in our live chat rooms. 
Uh, before we get into the show proper, we have something quick to mention, and that is our 100th episode. Ermagerd. That's coming 100. up. That's coming up next week, guys, and we are giving away one copy of the Elder Scrolls Anthology to commemorate our 100th episode provided by our friends over at ESOLodge.com. Huge thanks to Broscacho Scott at ESOLodge.com. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, now to enter, go to our sites, ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com or QuestGamingNetwork.com and use the widget at the very bottom of the page to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or tweet out the giveaway and once you do one or all three of those things, that will automatically enter you into our Elder Scrolls an- Anthology, Elder Scrolls Off the Record 100 Episodes giveaway. Uh, one winner will be announced on the 100th episode, which is scheduled for Turdos, Sun's Dawn the 20th, or, you know, whatever, Thursday, February 20th, if you want to, you know, use that stupid Gregorian calendar some people like to use. Um. It's yeah, not real it's, life. It's not nearly as funny <laughs> yeah. the second time around, is that? That joke has oh. a shelf life in its once. It's okay. In order to save you, I can report that there are over twelve hundred entries for this giveaway, dude. Oh my god. What? We just broke a hundred. Wow. How'd we get twelve hundred? Uh I guess a lot of people said they wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> uh also can't believe that that just that just befuddles me um we gee we, we kind of had like a huge week here at uh, quest gaming network at elder scrolls off the record a giant week regarding the uh, the news team now now shank and dave are are on this show but they're also a huge part of that news team and uh shank why don't you tell us a little bit about the the giant news event that we held this weekend on our website elder scrolls off the all right, man. Uh, like Avarwin said, there was a lot of information uh, that we wanted to put out for you guys uh, because we wanted to get some really detailed, like meaty information uh, for you guys to consume. You know, perhaps you haven't been in the beta and you're just chomping at the bit for information. Well, don't worry. We have you covered. If you go to elderscrollsofftherecord.com, uh, we have 10, yes, 10 articles, very detailed articles talking about a bunch of stuff. Um, we have three articles. Um, all talking about uh, impressions from levels one through five in each of the alliances. So we have the Aldmeri Dominion impressions uh, by our community manager, uh, Supa. Uh, Mori, one of our other community managers, also wrote a uh, his impressions, levels one through five, through the Ebernhard pack. And James, who's uh, one of our writers, uh, he wrote his impressions in the Daggerfall Covenant. And uh, definitely go take a read. Uh, they're, they're pretty good. They're, they, they give you like some a, a taste and morsel of uh, what you guys can expect mm, uh, in each of those alliances there. Um, along with that, we have two articles detailing a uh, some of the more kind of side activities um, that you can come to expect. Uh, one of them is about crafting. It's called Crafting in ESO. Your tempers really do matter. Uh, that's by the Grand Con, Mr. Bradford. Uh, it's pretty video. cool. What? I, I love that video. It's really good. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. There's actually a video embedded in the article, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and he gives you kind of a quick, quick and dirty overview on the crafting system. And if you actually read the article, he kind of breaks it out more, and it, it's pretty informative. Uh, definitely go read it. it it's it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> one of the other vi- uh, articles 
also accompanied by a short video, is um, Picking Your Way to Riches in the Elder Scrolls Online. This is by our uh, writer and one of the editors here, Brian Armstrong. And this is basically all about lockpicking. And he details you know, some similarities and comparisons that can be drawn with the Oblivion lockpicking system. And, of course, you know, there is a video in there as well kind of showing you what it looks like and it feels like. And um, then we have a couple of sort of first impressions, if you will. We have one uh, from Bradford, just straight up his first impressions of the ESO beta hands-on. You know, what did he think? How did it feel? And his overall thoughts on it. Uh, definitely go pick that up. And give it a read. It's 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 a good read. Uh, we, then we have my personal favorite uh, articles. Um, we have one from Dave. And this is called The Elder Scrolls Online Beta, The MMORPG Breakdown. It's a pretty lengthy article, lot of really good information in there. What he does is he basically looks at ESO through the lens of the MMO veteran. And he, he asks a lot of questions and he goes basically like point by point and says, okay, this is an ESO. How does this compare to other popular games? And there calls out a lot of examples and it's very detailed and robust. So if you're, if you're an MMO veteran and have been wondering this for yourself, go read it. Or if you're like me and have never played an MMO, go read it anyway, because it's a pretty insightful and educational piece. Uh, speaking of me and who've never played an MMO, um, I myself <laughs> wrote an article uh, called basically The Elder Scrolls Online, Impressions from an Elder Scrolls Purist. And it's kind of the, the opposite side of the coin is Dave's, where I look at the game through the lens of someone who's never played an MMO, and I try to answer the question, is Elder Scrolls Online a true Elder Scrolls game? Um, this was probably my favorite article that I've ever written, um, so I'm not going to hype it up any more than that because that's not that humble, but go read it. <laughs> Um, then we have an art, another article from Brian, uh, where he addresses a concern that he has, uh, called why the Elder Scrolls online may not be for purists. And he kind of, he makes a couple of good points in there and, uh, talks about one of the core, um, pieces of Elder Scrolls online and how some purists might be a little bit, uh, hesitant to, uh, play it. And he outlines a couple of reasons in there. It's, it's a very, very intriguing article. And you should check it out. And then finally, of course, because I'm pretty sure people would have like skinned me if I didn't write this was the graphics of ESO. <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. Like I, so many of you guys in chat last Friday when we were talking about like, so Shank, are you going to write this? I'm like, yes, yes, hold on. So it's there. It's up there. I, I thought I did a, a, a decent job breaking it yeah. down. Yeah. So it's, it's meh. So <laughs> <laughs> I, do math. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so that that kind of rounds out the, uh, frankly, like avalanche of news and information that we have. And um, just a teaser, we're not done yet. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, actually, we've got just as much of a, um, I should say, aggressive release, news release uh, weekend coming up this weekend. So so after you're here, you hear this podcast be sure to check our Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR at Quest Gaming and also uh, check on our sites, Elder Scrolls Off the Record.com and QuestGamingNetwork.com in order to get some more stuff that um, we're not necessarily talking about right here in these. All right. Um, I'm, I'm eager to, to talk about uh, our, our impressions or our first, um, you know, 15 levels of Elder Scrolls Online, but. 
Before we do that, hold the horses, gentlemen. Yeah, we're an Elder Scrolls Online show, but this is it's Elder Scrolls off the record. I want to know what you guys did in Tamriel this week. So let's start with uh, let's start with Shank. <laughs> All right. Well, no, the um, hell with you. I, we, we, I heard have, you talk too much uh, anyway. Let's start with Dave. <laughs> All right, yeah, I was just going to say I kind of talked, so let's go. Oh, good. Um, I I will actually go first, seeing as how we want to start off with our best foot and not put Shank forward. Okay, so Lou, why don't you go first? (laughs) Go ahead, Dave. What uh, what happened this week in in Tamriel? Um, I actually have two main characters that I've played uh, since the beginning of, well, the betas. Uh, One of them is my, my favorite which is my Dark Elf Sorcerer. And, oh, I love the Sorcerer. The Sorcerer really has a ton of things for you to play with. It has a bunch of different uh, attack abilities. It has a bunch of different um, Sorcerer kind of things like summoning, which my favorite thing, if I, if I had to put my finger on anything that brought me to the Summoner, it's or Sorcerer, it's the Summoning. God, tongue twisting. Hey, uh, Dave, what what are we talking about here? We we talking about what you what you did in in Tamriel this week, or wait, am, you, I, am I talking about the wrong thing? I think you might be talking. A I'm little, talking about the wrong thing. I think Jesus. you might be talking a little bit about the wrong. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that later. I'm sorry, I was at the wrong part of notes. Okay, if we're talking about in this week, um, but there's actually, your teaser. <laughs> yeah, it's a teaser for in a minute. Save it, Dave. Oh, Jesus, Save I'm that for later. I was too excited. I. I I popped ahead like two discussion points. We're in 99 episodes and we still can't get it right. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm just, I'm excited about it. And, and, and we all, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking excited about it too, man. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, without much further ado, I mean, anything else you want to share with the audience? Yes. Uh, let's actually talk about what I did this week. Well, sure. it's not really this week, but it's something that we have in the works that will be coming out, and I wanted to give another teaser. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, it's it's we've actually brought on two uh, very very good hunter gatherers uh, onto the network. Um, one of them, his name is Papa Brisket, and the other one, his cohort is named Cotton. And these two hunter-gatherers go around gathering materials, gathering hunting goods, and the one thing that they love above all else, what is it, Shank? I believe it's fishing. Fishing. That's right. Um, we, we're, what we're doing is... <laughs> what the we, hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you see, you asked for it. Welcome to this fresh hell that you've just. Uh, <laughs> is this is this uh, a fishing hole catfish story? Is that what- <laughs> this is totally our catfishing story? We're going to talk about the ones that got away, and uh, we have Papa Brisket and Cotton who who just want to bring forward their wonderful fishing stories to you, you know, anytime that they can, and. Uh, <laughs> We we didn't put out a fish. This is because we didn't put out a fishing article, and uh, I just want to assure everyone that over the past week we we wrote a lot of really great articles, but the one thing that we missed was fishing, and I want to assure everyone that it's not going to be going untouched. We will be making a fishing article, and uh, it's actually going to be a duet 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Now I, I I am legitimately peaked. My interest is is peaked here. I I can't wait for this. This is like my worst Elder Scrolls recap I've ever brought to the show. But it's <laughs> if you knew how excited uh, whoever Papa Brisket and Cotton are, <laughs> you you would know just how excited we are that they are. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming this is going to be like a, a uh, an article that y- you and Shank are going to be uh... okay. Papa brisket and cotton. <laughs> Which one's cotton? Which one's cotton? <laughs> is Shank cotton? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well. Uh, look, look for this guys. This is, this is awesome. A, a, an article about fishing that's, that's written from a, from a role play perspective. (laughs) This is going to be amazing. Hot today. Hot yesterday. Maybe hot tomorrow. (laughs) Shank playing the banjo in the background. We need that scene from Hamley guy. (laughs) Stewie on the banjo. So, uh, Lou, since we got you, what, since we got you going, what what happened in Tamriel this week, my friend? Oh, oh, quite the bit. Um, I was actually well, part of it is trying the new mod since I was part of the challenge this week. Okay, so I'll get to that later. So mm-hmm. I was trying that out. That was a big part of it. And remember last week I said I was actually trying out some weapon and armor mods. I was looking through on the Steam Workshop, mm-hmm. and I get back to everyone today. Unfortunately. I'm not giving any recommendations this week because some of them actually crashed my game. So, oh my! Yeah, I, I mean, in premise they look really, really good, but uh, I need to actually go back and figure out what happened <laughs> with these mods. Because two of them are really cool, like two really nice weapon mods and one really cool armor mod that I really do want to uh, to push out to the community. I haven't tried some workshop, mm-hmm. so. So technical difficulties, please stand by, and I will follow up with this again next week because I really want to push these out. I really do like them. I, I really want to try them out. Okay. And, and then uh, part of it too was uh, I realized I have so many homes now. Now that I've become like Thane, <laughs> a lot of the holds, and wow. uh, I'm running a bunch of the housing mods. I still run a Dovican Hideout uh, on all my characters, and I also have on my Battle Mage, I have the Caranthia uh, Tower mod. Mm-hmm. So, all that space, and you do realize how much crap you have as you accumulate through the entire length of the game. You're like a Skyrim squirrel with. Uh... Yeah, yes, I'm. A, you know, back to being a Skyrim hoarder. I can't believe the amount of stuff I've collected over the months. Yeah, and this was, you know, essentially a brand new character, my battle mage, and. She's got tons of stuff. So, trying to find a particular item, like I know I've got these dragon priest masks somewhere. <laughs> You know, I have them all spread out, and I'm trying to find them all, trying to organize my stuff. And uh, yeah, that's an annoying, annoying little process. <laughs> okay. Anything yeah. else this week? <laughs> What's that? Anything else this week? Yeah, I think later on this week, too, since I have been doing a lot of my battle mage the past couple of weeks, um, I think I want to focus now on going back to my assassin. Okay. Yeah, and actually, since she is the highest level of all my characters... Um, I think I'll actually try and pursue the main storyline, going after Alduin, oh. and actually completing it. Because still, after all this time, none of my characters really s- still haven't completed the main storyline. 
hey, I man. do other things. <laughs> but but you know what? He he is getting into it now. And uh, what what level is your assassin? Uh, she's actually forty nine, so she still hasn't. Oh my god! That- you still haven't completely killed Alex. <laughs> still haven't made that achievement yet for reaching fifty on a character. Still haven't done that yet either. All right, okay, so. but you're but you're on your way. Mm-hmm. Very good. Anything else here? Better yeah, late than yeah. never, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, <laughs> and Shank, what about you? What did uh, what did you do in Tamriel this week? Um, I have an update, sort of tip, if you will, for all the uh, fellow as Ivarwin so eloquently puts it, graphics min maxers out there. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> There is a latest, uh, the, uh, uh, a new version of the ENB binary file version uh, uh, 0.25. Oh, I've been waiting on that one. Oh, yeah. and um, 0.24 was amazing. It, there was no 0.24. Um, so 0.25. Shut down. The latest uh, version, what it does is it actually adds support for up to 128 gigs Yes, gigabytes uh, of memory. Um, or no, I'm sorry, 12 gigabytes, not 112. Sorry, 12 gigabytes of memory or about 192 megabytes when it's compressed. Um, basically, there's a, there's a helper mod along with the ENB that compresses the memory that Skyrim uses, therefore reducing the total uh, system uh, resources that it takes up. So that's one of the big updates. And in case you missed version uh, 0.246, some of the things that it added, which were really big, um, a procedural uh, sun, which basically uh, fixed the pixelation and low precision issues of standard sun, just basically made it look better. They added uh, cloud shadows and a cloud edge fade to make the clouds look a lot more realistic and so that the, it would scatter the sun appropriately. They added a uh, density and sky color amount para- uh, parameters so that you could actually go and tweak the colors of the uh, god rays that you're getting. It's very pretty. And uh, finally, he added a modified method of reading sun visibility for a uh, .fx shader file. So basically what this does is it actually goes in and has an effect on the, uh, the, the sun glare that you actually get uh, from, from the sun. Um, I personally delete this because I don't want like a static sort of sprite texture just glaring at from the sun. But if you want it, it's there. You guys can go tweak this to your heart's content. To wear a, a hooded visor. When he's fishing to get rid of that. You could also do that. Um, but yeah, so if you guys are interested in the ENB, I know a lot of you guys are, uh, definitely go check it out that you can get this on ENB dev, ENBDEV.com. Look for version uh, 0. 0, uh, 0.250. Very good. All right, cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, now, let's see. I guess real quick in, uh, let's see. Uh, Jenny and I actually sat down on Saturday night and we played Skyrim together. Uh, we started a brand new character and, uh, I was sort of inspired by, by Shank in a way with that one because he, you know, he always tells me that he played Oblivion with him and his friend and, and they would play for a while and then one person would grab the controller and they would play for a while. And, uh, Mm -hmm. that's what Jenny and I did on Saturday night. How'd it go, man? It how'd the, how'd the co-op go? It was amazing. Right? <laughs> we had such a good time. Uh, we, I think we got our character up to like level five or something. Uh, we started the character, built it, took like 45 minutes to build the character. We, uh, we created a Khajiit. Um, I think we named it after her cat. <laughs> 
and and what we were doing with the the Khajiit initially was we had started a uh, kind of like a spell blade type of thing, you know, a spell in one hand, blade in the other. Um, I think we we ended up going. No, no, no. I think we started started like a we started doing magic, completely magic, and then I think we ended up going with like a spell blade type of of character. Uh, once we got out of the main cave, Jenny was running after you know the uh, the initial guy. I think it's Hadvar is his name, and we were we were heading over to to uh, uh, Riverwood. And I said, hold on, where are you going? She goes, oh, we got to follow this guy. I'm like, no, you don't. She's like, what do you mean we don't? Like, no, you don't. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, she, she's a scientist, so she's very much by the steps. So she, I was like blowing her mind for, for a few minutes there when I said, you don't have to do it. It'll be there when we want to get to it. Why don't we head south? And uh, we actually ended up going through that uh, that dungeon that's underneath that cabin. Um, Pine Watch. Pine Watch. Thank you. It was like on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Pine Watch. We went through that whole thing, and man, we had a freaking blast and a half. It was great. It's it's it adds a whole another dynamic, right? When you when you play with somebody else, it's yeah. like yeah, because you know you're you're sharing the experience, and that's yeah. that's always a very powerful thing. Um, so, Varwin. Were you a backseat Dovahkiin? Was I a backseat Dovahkiin? No, I wasn't. I didn't. <laughs> I was not. You weren't like, who's Rhoda? Who's Rhoda now? Who's Rhoda now? <laughs> block, block. Block. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. No, use flames. <laughs> um, and then, actually, uh, ba- based on that, uh, I think I had to. I had some updating uh, I had to do on on some of my my um, my programs. So while I was I was letting some of my programs update on my computer, I jumped off my computer, turned on my my 360, and I started playing Oblivion again on the 360. And I I'm having an amazing time. I I started a Spellblade, heavy armor, uh, two handed sword, actually who uh, uses a, a lot of those destruction touch spells. This way, when an enemy gets in close, you know, he uses the touch spell, backs up a little bit, hits him with a two-handed weapon. That's basically the style I've been using with this character. Uh, Red Guard. So he's very, very good with uh, with the with the swords. Um, and I've, I've started the... Got him up to, I think, like level, level three right now. And I started the... Uh, mages guild quests um, to get the recommendations, and the first one, I first quest I knocked out of the way in Skingrod. So that's what I've done this week. That dude, I'm excited for you because the mages guild is pretty sweet. I've never, I've never had a chance to get into the mages guild in Oblivion, and I'm really excited about the fact that I'm finally, I feel, I'm, I feel like I'm finally getting comfortable with Oblivion. And like sort of like learning the game and, and it's it's amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um that's it. We're gonna get into our first discussion point. Uh this is gonna be a long one, so so strap in, folks. We're here for quite a while. This is going to be our first fifteen levels in Elder Scrolls Online, but first In their tongue is Dovakin. Oh yeah, baby. 
Oh boy, who uh, Dave? You, I know you. You are foaming at the mouth like the rest of us, and and we we have been teased by by you. <laughs> tell us about tell us about what's been going on. Tell us your gameplay. I, I can't wait to say this, Dave. Give us your gameplay in Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, it's beautiful, ain't it? All right, so let's let's get down and dirty of uh, all the gameplay I've ever really put into ESO from all of the beta tests I've ever done. Yeah, baby. Welcome to the NDA partially lifting. (laughs) Ah, beautiful. I love it. Um, No, let's let's get into it. So during my my time playing the beta, I've had two main characters. One of them was a Dragon Knight. And then my main one that I've fallen in love with was my Dark Elf Sorcerer. And... I really love my Dark Elf Sorcerer. Just the Dark Elf is great for how I play. And I, I mainly I, I enjoy this because of the passive dyna- passive move called Dynamic, which adds a bonus to my, my Magicka and Stamina pool. I love that bonus. It also gives a lot of help towards uh, Fire Spells, which Sorcerer. I also use a lot of Destruction Staves, things like that. They all kind of combine and make it just... A melange of, of wonderful. And uh, another big thing why I love my sorcerer is, as I was saying earlier, uh, by accident, <clears throat> is I'm a summoner at heart. Uh, that was really my big draw towards sorcerers, is having the ability to summon your unstable familiar, which I love. My unstable familiar is great, and so much goes into having that little pet monkey following you around. He's, he's a little... He's an imp, but whatever. He's a pet monkey. I love him. He's so cool. And uh, eventually, I had the ability to actually morph my pet monkey and into some different ways. And I chose to make him a... Uh, well, he's now Little Tyranno, is what I call him. He, he looks like a Velociraptor wannabe. Like a maybe... I don't know, Xenomorph straight out of Aliens. Right. But he's awesome. He he puts out a lot of damage to my enemies. I love him. He's so powerful that he kind of is worth having out. But Pet Monkey, uh, he his morph abilities kind of sucked. Pet Monkey. Yeah. Okay. And uh yeah, people are correcting me. Clan fear. Yeah, I get it, but I totally he's mine. I get to call him what I want. Dave calls but... him Tyranno. We know it's a clan fear. <laughs> it's Tyranno here right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I love him. Um, Dave, you what get to the, choose to, what hmm? what uh, what faction and race did you start? Well, my my sorcerer is dark elf. Okay. So I went Ebonheart with my dark elf. Ooh. I'm sorry, that, that just came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> he said Dark Elf Shank, not not Argonian. But he's 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 consorting with the dirty Ugh. Oh, is that what it is? You don't like the Ebonheart pack, Shank? <laughs> just the, I, her, I am the ilk I keep to I, Shank. I get I get physically ill whenever Argonians like I think of Argonians. Like I have a physical reaction. <laughs> It's it's fine, I promise. I uh, I use them for bait. <laughs> Which let me just say that again, fishing is the best part of this game. Fishing <laughs> fishing in this game really is a hell of a lot of fun. 
it, it really is like it, yeah I mean, you get not to, to kill I, small things, then I, use those small things to, to use as bait and catch fish, which you can use as bait to catch bigger fish. And then it's it's so much fun. Hmm. Hmm. I, they should have just straight up Argonian tail bait. Like, kill an Argonian, get some bait. Pop a brisket and cotton, man. Pop a brisket and cotton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But, I mean, totally, we're not, we're not them. Ha ha ha. <laughs> anyway, let's get back onto my character. My Indeed. sorcerer, I had two main weapons that I really loved using on him. I mean, I kind of, for a while, was using a, a two-handed, two one-handed weapons. But for the main part, I was using a healing staff, mm. which I love my healing staff. Especially, uh, the first thing you get is like an like an AoE heal, which is kind of one around you. It's kind of crazy to think of a healing staff as as a weapon in this game. And yeah. it, you're not, you're not standing there when a mob comes up to you and just punching them in the face with the staff. You're, you're actually using, no, you shoot a beam. There like you, you zap with a beam uh-huh. at the people. <laughs> it, it's great. It, I, I, it's like the longer the beam goes on, I guess it, it, it hurts the enemy. And I, I, I mean, it's fun. Cause like, you, you re- literally are are damaging the enemy with health and kind of stealing it for yourself. Anyway, the the moves that you get from the healing staff are really what make it. And you can first off, you get the AOE heal, but the second thing you get is a large ground targeted heal called Grand Healing. Ah, yes. I don't like it. Why not? Depending on where I am, the ground targeted. Like overlay, mm-hmm. the AOE is difficult to see as to where I'm casting it, and I mean I get it. You should think, well, it's right there in the middle of your your mouse is going to be the middle of it. Well, the terrain has hills and what what not. It's kind of difficult to to deal with. I guess it's one of those things that I'll get used to. But I, I never had a problem with it. I was I was healing in a combat situation, and I, I never had an issue. Well, no. it's very light, and I was playing on the Ebonheart side, so I was in Skyrim, and very light overlay on brisk white snow. It was hard to see for me. Okay, I could I, I can a, understand that. I have a question, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is this is my I, I need to have at least two of these MMO noob questions per episode. <laughs> of um, course, bring it. <laughs> the AOE is that like. So can you can you like kind of I guess hold the spell and like move it around and then find a place where you want to pl- uh, place it or is it like as soon yes. as you hit the button it's just locked that spot? No, it's you press the button, it activates the area of effect circle like an overlay that c- goes on the ground. Then you click your mouse where you want to drop it. Okay. And then it okay. drops the heel or whatever your AoE that you want there. Yeah. Uh, there, okay. Yeah. It's like this. Um, it's like this little yellow circle uh, that shows you the area of effect for the spell you're about to release, and you just sort of mouse over to where you want it to go. And if it's if you mouse in an area where the the effect is is cannot apply for whatever reason, the it goes from like a yellow circle to a red circle, indicating you right. can't use that here. Okay. And then you see, just I, click the okay. mouse button again once you find the area, and then the the spell pops off. Oh, okay, see, I thought it was just like a, you tap it and then it 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 does the spell wherever you were looking. But well, I mean, cool. in this there are instance, some skills that work 
immediately. Yeah. There are others that are ground targeted. It depends on the skill as to how it re- how you use it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this one particular uh, grand healing, it is ground targeted. You activate it, target wherever you want to target with the circle, and then if it can go there, it does. I just I feel that the ground targeting itself is difficult to see in specific situations. Uh, very, very specific situations because for the most time, if you're in a dungeon, it's going to be very obvious. But when you're outside in the fresh driven snow, it kind of is difficult to see. So I feel that maybe it could use a little bit of tweaking before the game goes live, but that's just my personal preference. All right. So, so what else? Well, what else about this did you want to okay. mention? The next weapon I want to talk about is the Destruction Staff. Now, for those who don't know, there are three different incarnations of a Destruction Staff. There's Lightning, Fire, and Frost. Which, yeah, I, I really like that, too, because you're you're getting representation on all of the different kinds of destruction magic in Elder yep. Scrolls in a condensed right. version Logical. of Logical, yeah. It's, it is, it is, it's nice, because, okay... You know how I told you a healing staff has that beam of fresh power that it shoots at people? Right. Which, it kills them and whitens their teeth at the same time. It's pretty neat. I could use one of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The destruction staff, depending on what type you use... Now, I've never played with a lightning one. I just... I randomly never got one. But I did play with the fire as well as the frost. The fire one... You, you charge it up, then it shoots three bolts of fire that split off and, and shoot and smack a target. The frost one, you charge it up, and it, it powers up this big Kamehameha ball that shoots off and smacks your target in front of you. <laughs> Isn't that exactly what it is? <laughs> I got my, my own Hadouken going. This is awesome. <laughs> just by the art itself, I prefer the cold one just because of how cool it is. But... Literally. It has a lot of damage potential. Especially, I was going healing staff the whole time. Then I picked up a destruction staff. The level in damage coming between them, the destruction staff is ridiculous. Like, it feels overpowered. Especially coming off of playing with a healing staff for so long. I picked up a destruction staff, and I was just like laughing maniacally as I was killing everything around me. It was hilarious. And that was beside using any type of skill. Like, I didn't yeah. use skills. This is, this is yeah, what Dave is talking about right now is just using his weapon in general. This yeah. has nothing to do with any of his class skills at all whatsoever. I'm, he'll get into that in just a few minutes. Oh my god, yeah. No, I'm just talking about the skills of the weapon itself. Like, your, your destruction staff is attuned to one of the three different types, and then it uses the skill like by itself, whether you use a, a small skill, which you can pop off little fast you know, fireballs, or you can charge it and shoot the big three fireballs from right. a fire staff. If you if that, you tap the left mouse button with the destruction staff in hand, right. you'll you'll sort of pop off a couple of quick fireball right. shots. But if you hold down charges it it charges it up and you do a release and you get a big you get a big attack out of, out of that exactly and just i love the way it does that it lets you inherently conform your your way you fight to mm. the battle at hand where if you know i'm running up on a wolf i know i'm gonna you know kill it in one shot or less i'm just gonna pop off a few fireballs and just boom dead um, as yeah. well as if I'm running around and don't want to, you know, 
stop for a second, I can just pop off the quick fireballs. But if I have a chance to stop, oh, you better bet I'm sending something big at you. Shank. Yes, uh, sir. Real real quick, I want you to answer this very quickly, please. Um, yeah. As an Elder Scrolls purist, how do you like the idea of of the, the three different types of destruction sta- staves? I... One word pops into my mind, and that's logical. It just fits. I mean, that's a really simple answer. I mean, it, of course, you have three different schools of destruction. Well, duh, we should have, you know, weapons and armor and all this stuff to reflect that. Okay. Do you feel like this is a, a departure from the single-player uh, games? I, I don't think it's a departure. I think it's an iteration. Okay. Okay. Sorry to Sorry to interrupt you, Dave. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Um, I think it's time for us to actually talk about the skills that go along with the destruction staff. Uh, for a large part of the skills that go with it, they're good. I mean, each skill adds a little bit more damage. Um, destructive touch is the first one you get. That's what, just the first one I want to talk about is uh, the destructive touch. It not only adds damage and puts out damage from the skill, but it also applies a status effect depending on the type of destruction staff. If it's fire, it does a knockback. If it's if it's cold, frost, it actually stuns them, freezes them for a second. Apparently, if it's lightning, it will, you know, electrify them and, and cause them to, you know, be electrified for a second and not be able to react. Honestly, I found this, the destructive touch, to be pretty much useless for the knockback. It was more irritating than useful. Where, on the other hand, Destructive Touch was very useful when I could freeze an opponent and get away from them. It was great. It, 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 it let me control the field like it was supposed to uh, when I used it in, in relation to a Frost Staff. So, so Frost Staff uh, is really your preferred uh, oh, man. version of... Not only does it have the awesome Kamehameha, but it's useful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Moving on. I I did use uh, light armor for the entire iteration of using my sorcerer. I just couldn't rationalize using another one just because of my play style. Okay. Uh, Specifically for the evocation bonus. So you you really played up the whole, you know, I'm a mage feeling in the game. Not really no hybrid to you whatsoever. Very pure... Well, occasionally I swapped in different weapons depending on what I had going on, but yeah. Um, I definitely put effort into being the sorcerer. Mm. So, uh, but I I really went into the armor because of, I was going for the evocation bonus, which allowed me to have uh, reduced cost per light armor that I had equipped. I don't know if I even ever got to that, but that was my intention of going for the evocation bonus. Um, now, this is probably going to come as a surprise for anyone who, well, no, it's not a surprise at all. Uh, my gameplay, how I played this character, I am a quest hound. I went from one quest to the next, the next, next, the next, the next, picking up quests. I really didn't oh, that's search the, that's areas. The, that's the MMO in you. That's that's my MMO. Yeah. That's that's what I did. I MMO'd. I don't. I didn't really search. If I went past a cave and I didn't have a reason to go in there, I I genuinely didn't go in there. Like if there was no quest outside of it, and if I peeked in, there was no quest giver inside. I, I just walked away. Wow. 
I really did that because I, I didn't, I figured, well, I'm going to come back to it later or have a quest that's going to send me there later. I don't want to do it, you know, three times over. Mm. So I, I probably walked past content because I was expecting to go to it later off of a quest, which honestly did happen. Um, I, one quest in particular, uh, which is what, what I'm talking about when this happened was one where I was, on the starting island for the uh, Ebenhart. Okay. And and there's this one person I came across, and she's like, oh my god, this craziness happened. All my friends got turned into skeevers. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that quest, yeah. If, if you played it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I yeah. love that quest. Right now, it's just a tiny quest, but it, it honestly, it brought you through a huge berth of the area sending you far and wide just to find her friends and turn them back to normal. And that really, while it wasn't exploration because I was following a quest, it was exploration because it had me going through a huge area of the starter Island just to complete it. A lot of quests will do that. Whereas in, you know, they tell you there's, there's a lot of exploration in the game and, and certainly you can definitely go off on your own and, as Paul uh, Sage eloquently put it, you know, you could ignore us and go out there and explore. Yeah, you can absolutely do mm-hmm. that. But but also bear in mind that their their quest structure does um, foster exploration in that, you know, you will take a quest and it will put you, you know, a place that's that's far away. And you'll have to go to a couple of points that are that are far away in between. And you'll you'll end up just finding stuff along the way and then. And then something else will catch your eye. Like, oh, what's that? Screw this quest. I want to go see what that is first. And that definitely happens. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly how mine is. I went from quest to quest to quest to quest to quest to quest. Just questing. That's all I did. I didn't explore. I quested. And that's just how I played the game. I like that. Now, let me say that there there was no point in the game, unlike other MMOs I've played, where... You have all the quest givers standing around a fire. Here, grab all 15 of our quests for the area and go on. There was none of that. There was also no quest giver standing in front of, you know, a picket fence where he had all of his pigs in the picket fence. Go kill all my pigs. No, there was none of that. (laughs) You know, there was no... It was not handed to you. You actually had to explore and experience the game. It It was fluid. Very, very fluid. But rightfully so. Every person had their own lives. I actually mentioned this in my article that I wrote. Everyone had their own lives. They were doing their own thing. And you had to walk up to them and say, hey, how can I help you? Right. You know, they weren't waiting on you. They were doing their own thing, which was nice. I actually got grief, like people saying, oh, well, when you say they had their own lives, no, they didn't. They didn't go about their business when the day changes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. They had their own thing to do. If someone was a craftsman, they were working crafting. You know, they weren't standing in the middle of the town hall right next to 15 other quest givers waiting on you. Right. Yeah, just just standing there not doing anything. Right. My, my looking like... <laughs> Shank's they... mind is just being blown over and over that again. Sounds, I, this is the noob in me, but that sounds so drawl. And, like, I, I, I understand that must well, be, like, the traditional way to do it. Yeah. That's, but yeah, it's like I, I literally can't like I'm trying to like understand it, but it's like Shank. That's that's the reason why there's been a huge call for from consumers to say that the MMO 
uh, industry needs to kind of reinvent itself a little bit. And the last two, two and a half years uh, has has reflected those, uh, you know, that help them them trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you know, you, you said you also started a dragon knight, correct? Yes. Uh, that was actually my first <laughs> character I did. Well, actually before, <laughs> before you do that, tell me, tell me a little bit about how you played the sorcerer. I want, I want to know about your, and I hate to say, it, but what, what was your rotation? Like what would a normal well, fight with that look like? That's how I view it. You know, I'm sorry. I'm coming from an MMO. I view it as a rotation, right? Um, I had constant, I had to have my familiar up. But he was my number one, my okay. baby. I had to have him up. And then on top of that, I pretty much burned down my enemies just off of my weapon. If I was in a bad situation, I had things on my skill bar to get me out of a bad situation. Either a heal, which I could use in an, in or out of battle depending on when it was necessary. Then I also had that uh, destructive touch, which was my main go-to for stopping an enemy who was too powerful or if I was in a bad situation by having too many enemies or just too low on life. Very good. It really, my control of the game was fluid based off of my mouse, where that was what my, my destruction staff or healing staff were directly bound to. Blocking, attacking, it felt very natural. Where the only time I used skills was when the, the necessity called for it, not relying on the skills like other MMOs to con- to be the entire DPS coming off your character. Mm. Okay, so then on to your Dragon Knight. It's, I'm glad you asked about my rotations because that's the problem with the Dragon Knight for me. Mm-hmm. The Dragon Knight felt like it relied too much on, on the abilities for me. Uh, especially things like Fiery Reach, I couldn't find use for it. I felt like outside of battle, it was too short to be useful to pull things into you, and inside of battle, I couldn't find a place for it into my rotation. It just felt out of whack for my playstyle. Right. At, at least for the character that I wanted to play. Okay. Um, as for Fire... Uh, Spike armor, which I also went into with spike armor, it felt like it didn't stop nearly enough damage to be useful and didn't put off enough damage back to the opponent to cause a dent. So I felt like I wasted a point in spike armor, which I, which is not good. You should not feel that way on a main uh, ability. I didn't feel that. I, I feel that spike armor should be to the level of where I felt um, my little monkey, the uh, unstable familiar. Mm-hmm. I felt that those should be on par for abilities because, I mean, a Dragon Knight in comparison to a, a Sorcerer, they should feel, you shouldn't feel like one's weaker than the other. But I guess that's all tuning that's going to happen before the game comes out. You know, things may change. And again, I'm speaking only from my gameplay style. Don't take this as, you know, the final word on this because things may change between now and then. And depending on your play style, it may be extremely useful. Right. I, I, th- I think that's one thing I would love. I would really like to, to highlight is the fact that I, I feel that when you, when you play this game, there isn't one right way. And when Dave is talking right. about what, what he feels, it's, it's very much the right way, according to Dave's play style. And as we go through all of us here and how we, how we built our characters and what we did and how we how we played 
you're probably going to get a real feel for that as we start to maybe overlap some classes. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I want to talk about before we before I get away from Dragon Knight, the last thing I want to talk about is it, I, I want to know if any of y'all have tr- tried out Dragon Knight. Have any of y'all tested it out? I yep. haven't. Yeah, I have a character, but she's pretty low level right now, so yeah, I could. I mean, she's only level six at the moment, so I really haven't touched upon really many of her skills at all. But I do well, like what I what I've seen so far. The one thing that I felt that I I loved was dr- Dark Talons, and it was a, it's a stun lock. Now, if you don't know what a stun lock is, it, it either stuns your enemy or locks them in place. It's a stun lock. That's what it does. It literally you bring up these Dark Talons that grab an en- grab an enemy and keep them where they are. Unfortunately, it seemed like you had to be way too close to activate it, mm-hmm. and it seemed that. Even if you, it, because you were so close, enemies could still smack you. So I ended up like I'd run into the enemy, activate it, stun them, and have to walk back. But by the time I got to a reasonable distance to, you know, want to put, you know, if I were go- if I was going for distance, by the time I got that far back, it would drop. But saying that, it's still the best stun lock I found in ESO in the low levels. It was very effective. I didn't have anything break free of it. Without it just timing out, I loved it. it. It Dark Talons is what's up if you want to try to stun something. Honestly, if you're going for a two man team of having you know the tank and the DPS just going powerhouse mm. on whatever's around you, if you have someone who has, uh, you know, someone going Templar. Now Templar has threat abilities, right? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you have someone pulling off threat abilities, this is what you want. The Dark Talons ability is would make oh that would make a tank's life so easy. Like pop Dark Talons, everyone take two steps back and just keep smacking your enemy because he's not going to be able to do anything. Hmm. I'll keep that in mind. Oh my, man, this um, is this is such a complimentary move, but it's so powerful. I love it. Dave, give me one thing about Elder Scrolls Online that you liked. One thing you disliked. The biggest thing I liked, which I, I hate comparing games, especially some you know obscure game that I'm sure people may or may not have played, uh, was God, I'm blanking on the name. Um, Fantasy Star Online 2's active gameplay, yes! where the I knew you that I knew yeah, it. <laughs> the hack and slash is the gameplay that relies so much more on the control of your weapon mm-hmm. than your skills at hand. The skills back up your weapons instead of the other way around. I love yeah. that. That's a reimagining the MMO. It's so beautiful. The thing I don't like is that while skills are secondary to your weapons, they feel it. There are some skills that feel way underpowered and make you kind well, made me kind of regret wasting the point in it. Now, do you, do you did you get that feeling from the Dragonite versus the Sorcerer, or you would say both actually had some of that? Both had a few skills that were very underwhelming, mm. but at the same time, there were a few skills that were amazing, but I did. I absolutely came across a few underwhelming skills, but it was on a, a point-to-point basis as to whether or not the, the skill felt great or the skill felt lackluster. Okay. And and honestly, I look forward to kind of getting into that as when this game does launch and we're we're able to really like, you know, play it every day and 
and jot down some some really ser- some real serious notes on on some of that. I, I look forward to having that that discussion on on uh, what skills sort of feel uh, where they should be and others where they could probably use a little bit of a buff. Um, okay, so Dave, is there anything else? Um, oh, well, I, wanted to ask I actually want to go into a two hour overlude. Uh-huh. Uh, Shank, if you could start up the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about fishing right that's i wanted to for the ask remainder you, of the show is is there anything uh what what were your in-game hobbies what's one of your um, well hobbies? fishing and <laughs> fishing <laughs> no honestly the bet my favorite thing is gathering everything the, tell me it isn't cool where you can come across those runes and just you oh. know cut the rune out of a little pedestal i love and, that I love those things. And I love I, how there's three got, types of runes. I got a purple one. Yes. Yes. Those are amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those um, are great. I just, I love the the gathering skills in this game. I Forget crafting. I like gathering in this game. Yeah. And you gather everything. It doesn't matter. You walk across something, you can gather it. Gather it. It's yours. Pick it up. I love that. The gathering in this game is just beautiful. And did I mention fishing? I think we should talk about fishing. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> uh, it, it should be said that in most MMOs, um, in order to be able to gather something, you have to first pick up that that gathering profession from its gathering trainer. Here in Elder Scrolls Online, you can gather whatever you want. Wait, wait, I'm want. sorry. Say that again? In In most MMOs, in order to gather something, you first have to pick up the gathering skill from... Mm-hmm. It's gathering skill trainer. So Never. let's say, for example, you want to you want to go out there and and pick flowers. Uh-huh. All right, you have to be proficient in that. You have to be proficient at it. Yeah, you you have to talk to a trainer who who you know could train you in flower picking, and <laughs> you, then you're able to unlock those 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 nodes. But um, in wow. every other MMO I've ever played, there's a set number of those different types of professions you can have. Right. So you can't you can't go out there and pick flowers and at the same time mine ore. In most MMOs, you can't do that. I can't think of one that where you can do that except for this game. Well, wow, you can pick up all the different uh, gathering professions, but in doing so, okay. you have to give up the ability to craft anything. Right, which is which. Yeah, so you know there is there is also that you but the thing is is walking into this game you don't have to touch crafting at all you're able to you, you're able to gather whatever you want and as much of it in most mmos you have to pick up that skill um okay so so let's let's move on <laughs> shank's mind is blown uh let's move on and and uh let's let's pick on lou for a little bit lou tell me about your first 15 levels in elder scrolls online Oof, first 15 levels an amazing experience. Uh, you know, with some bumps in the road, because obviously you were still in beta. That's to be expected, so I'll, I'll get into that later. But yeah, I, uh, God, I have had a blast so far uh, playing uh, the beta. And uh, especially the first 15 levels. And to start off, you know, of course, as everyone knows, you know, uh, shameless, al- you know, alcoholic. So yeah, I have characters across all three factions going right now. Mm-hmm. As okay. as any good beta tester should, right? I, I mean, really, you really, really want to test all the content. So yeah, you mean you, if you really want to do a, a you know help Zoss out, then you know go across all three, help them out in all the areas that you can't possibly can. Uh, but for me, you know, it was 
it was inherent. It was going to happen anyway, so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I got all three characters, you know, well, four now, but <laughs> they're all across uh, the factions. And worked on a High Elf Sorcerer, a High Elf Nightblade uh, for the Admiral Dominion. Oh, nice. A little, yeah. little Nightblade discussion in on this yes. one, huh? Yes, yep. Okay. Uh, I also created a Breton Templar for the for uh, Covenant. Okay. And a Nord Dragon Knight. So, tell me. Um, let's let's have a little a little compare and contrast. Tell me about about your sorcerer. This way, we can hear how how you did it versus how Dave did it. Okay. Uh, well, actually, it's a good thing you pointed out because even at when Dave and I first got our hands on it uh, through the press event during PAX East last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Even though you know Dave and I were grouped up. Uh, two different ways of accomplishing things and uh, again the beauty of the game is you can still group up with people still have totally different outcomes amongst everyone in your group alright and same thing with your builds you mean, your builds you'll have I mean you can have four sorcerers in one group and four people just like this show are going to have four totally different play styles of working their sorcerer uh, for example my, my sorcerer is actually going with the, you know the stereotypical battle mage route okay she has all heavy armor on her. Really? So Dave yes. went light armor, you went heavy armor. Right. I went heavy armor. Okay. All right. And to help support that, I went to, you know, I've been dabbling a lot into uh, blacksmithing and enchanting. Very good. Yeah. That'd all right. be the way to do it. it. Exactly. To support this style, you know, I'll create the armor, the heavy armor itself. Okay. And then I'll, you know, either, you know, buy the level enchants. Or, you know, if I had the mats at hand, materials at hand, I should say, you know, then I'll try and create my own enchants mm-hmm. and place them upon my armor to help boost, you know, magicka, magic regen, and so on to help uh, offset the, uh, I wouldn't say the penalty, but, you know, the the, uh, the kind of restrictions you have placed on you wearing heavy armor. As Dave mentioned before, I mean, you do get that better... Uh, well, the, good, I mean, there's no you, restriction. It's just there's no there's no bonus. Right. There's no benefit. Right. No real benefit. It's just you know you get the benefit of having, you know, having armor protection. That's about it. So yeah, yeah. when you I went to restriction, but you get nothing extra added on to uh, your chosen playstyle. In which case, you know, being a, a sorcerer. Right. Unless of course you you enchant the gear yourself, and then you can you can add you know the the enchantment enchantments that you were describing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, and right now I actually, since I hit level fifteen, and that's when you actually gain the ability to uh, weapon swap. Oh, get your yeah. second weapon set. Oh, so great. Right, which is, uh, folks. I mean, having just the one weapon set, the get go is great, but then having the ability to swap out your your to a second weapon set. Yeah. All right, and totally have two. I guess you. Can, Man, two distinct play styles, yeah, or two distinct of, of, of bringing to a fight is amazing. And it's a one button swap too, so so you could be using, you know, uh, you could be dual wielding two one handed weapons, and then hit one key, and then your entire your your entire um, skill bar swaps out along with your weapon, and now you're you're using a restoration staff and have all healing skills or or something. Um, as an example, exactly, and that's that's the actual example I've, uh, I'm going to use. The fact that my sorceress actually has as their primary weapon set is a destruction staff, 
Okay, and I have all all the weapons. So I have a a, a fire staff, a frost staff, a lightning staff, all in my inventory. Because you never know what's actually going to happen. And in case, you know, you may find that one uh, one target, one mob that's maybe slightly resistant to fire, whatever, then I'll swap out to a frost. Right. Okay? Oh, that's a very that's a very good idea, actually. Right, because you never know. Because you know, they're just like you. I mean, the target, the mobs you go after will have resistances built in. So you know, you you want to be flexible and be prepared to take on anything. Mm. Okay. And so the second weapon set I have is the restoration staff. And as you just mentioned, Varwin, yeah, the moment I hot swap that out, again, all the skills I have in place that I want to use my restoration staff pop up, you know, and now I can heal. You know, and it, folks, this is on the fly. Important thing, this is on the fly, meaning in the middle of combat, you know, when the need is great or when you just want to swap out and help out because you can, boom, there you go. Second weapon set, second set of skills, and now I'm healing, and I also loaded up with some uh, defensive abilities. Obviously, because you know, if I'm healing, you know, I'm not going to be putting as much damage as on my destruction staff. But I did, uh, you know, uh, put some support skills in there to help out, and an ultimate <laughs> that is actually oh my gosh, the name of it escapes me. The ultimate for my restoration staff. That I'm using the American staff is actually the one where it's the uh, it's the silence and stun shell. Okay, that you can place on an area. Mm-hmm. So it's a. T- uh oh, looks like we got a little uh, trouble here from from Lou. <laughs> hey, uh, Lou, we right, lost your we lost your call a little bit so, there, Lou. Just uh, report uh, repeat yourself, please. Sure. Uh, the ultimate I have when I use my restoration staff mm-hmm. is is really helpful. It's a it's an area effect spell. Okay, it's targeted meaning you can drop it anywhere. And what it does is that it'll silence casters and it'll stun whoever else is in the area. And I believe it lasts for like eight seconds. So imagine that an eight second stun and silence. As oh my god! Wow. Yeah. That's a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would use that eight seconds to run away. Well, yeah, I, I would. I was using it to actually help my help me out to where, yeah, when I, if I was getting you know beat up and I needed to run away really quick, I would just drop that <laughs> and help gain some distance. Um, also, to help support that, I have uh, an ability that's in storm calling. It's lightning armor. Okay. So what happens with that spell, once I fire that off when I'm in restoration mode, is that it pretty much inca- it kind of like a, a, a uh, you know, like a conjure suit of a, you know, shield, lightning shield. That's all around you, okay? And what happens there is that if anyone hits you, obviously they take lightning damage, and it also gives out, like, it's like an AoE that follows me. So if you're in my immediate area, even though you're not hitting me, I'm not hitting you, you're going to take damage from the lightning. Mm. So, you know, it behooves you to move away <laughs> if I've got that going, that effect going. You know, otherwise it's free damage. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, as Dave was saying before, I mean, Destruction Staff is just, it's brutal, amazing. ain't it? <laughs> yes, it is brutal. I mean, as it should. I mean, it's it's destruction, 
right? And as the name implies, it should be deadly and it should do amazing amounts of damage. All right, and with her, I've got destruction stab stays going, and uh, I've been using storm calling a lot for a lot of her spells. Uh, and that's one of your class skill lines is storm calling. Yes, as a sorcerer, it's it's I believe it's it's storm calling, dark magic, and danger summoning. Right. Okay, and I've been focusing mostly in storm calling, a little bit it's dark magic, and I haven't touched. Uh, did you calling yet? Just because, like, you know what? With the play style I'm going, I mean, I could go with you calling, but with the way I'm playing Destruction Staff and Storm Calling, uh, I, I don't feel the need to go actually dabble into that yet. Yeah, you're you know, kind of like an like, offensive powerhouse. You don't really need anything to tank for you. Right. I mean, most things are dead before they get to me. Yeah. Or if they do get close enough, you know, I have enough, I guess, uh, escape type abilities or defensive spells or abilities where I can. Again, get myself out of that situation fast now, enough. Now, you'll remember Dave was saying that one of the one of the first things that he did was he's he's got his clan fear Tyranno out there, you know, tank no, tanking little for Tyranno. Him. little little Tyranno uh tanking for him and he's kind of in in the back there just using uh whatever his either his resto or his de- uh destruction staff, his uh frost destruction staff to to down the enemy Lou is is going completely in a different direction. Heavy armor, um, you know, pretty much any any kind of destruction staff he can he can find. He's got a restoration staff on on uh, on weapon swap, and he's going you know very heavily into uh, um, uh, would you say dark magic? Uh, storm calling, storm and, calling. And, and also into uh, dark magic as well. Right. Because Dark Magic has this one spell, again, which escapes at the moment the name of it, but it's a 1.3 second cast. What it does, though, it drops a crystal shard. Yeah, that's the name of a crystal shard. That thing is amazing because not only does it do uh, direct damage, Mm -hmm. but it's a knockdown. Yeah. Okay, so when you hit your target, not only do you damage, you knock them down for like two to three seconds. So that's two to three seconds. They're on the ground helpless oh yeah and you can open up on them right there exactly so if you're a soul you can op- open up on them or if you're in a group that gives just gives your your other party members just three seconds of fun where they can just do anything they want yeah to the target before they get up three seconds of fun with lewis olan yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, the, and the beauty of that that one reality i like it so much i morphed it it actually uh, becomes now an AOE effect, meaning if there are other targets around your main target, mm-hmm. they're going to get hit and knocked down too. So awesome. now, if you have groups of two or three or four, yeah, it'll affect them all. Dude, and this is this is sorcery. Yes, yes, it's sorcery. Oh my god, <laughs> it's that sounds- uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Totally crazy. Um, Lou, uh, tell me a little bit about your your uh, your Nightblade. Ah, uh, the Nightblade. Well, right now she's my. Uh, she was the the latest build, so I haven't really done much with her. I mean, she's only I only got to level five. Um. Okay. Well, first story was you know I I was gonna name her Eowyn, give her golden hair, make her pale, just like in the book. No, wait, sorry. In Wrong the game. movie. In the movie. Yes. Yes, in the movie. <laughs> but someone on the server already took the name, so damn you, whoever you are. <laughs> damn. You. <laughs> but no, the Nightblade. Oh my gosh. What I really want to do with her is actually turn her into the classic 
Dungeons and Dragons type ranger. Mm, classic D and D type ranger, you're saying, right? Meaning uh, master of the bow, and yet not a slouch up close and personal in melee combat. Meaning they they were they're still a force to be reckoned with. Dual wielding. So what are you leveling up first right now then? Bow or, or dual wield? Um, actually, it's dual wield for now because all I have, I believe, is the uh, the first archery ability, which is the poison arrow. Okay. Right, so it's not, it's not a lot <laughs> to do other than the poison arrow and then the base attack with the bow. Yeah. Or the light and, and then the heavy attack. Yeah. Uh, in which case, you know, I'm still at a point to where... Uh, I find most things still have over half their health when they get to me. So, and since I don't have weapon swap, you know, I'm doing a lot of dodging, <laughs> burning up a lot of stamina. Mm. Yeah, and just using the the base attacks from the weapon. Okay, so so dual wield is is for you right now, and then later right. on when you hit 15, you're going to go to the bow. Well, yeah, I mean, there be some chance. I know once I open up a couple of other bow skills, I think I should level at least one or two more. Before I hit fifteen, and then I'll start focusing just on that. All right, and then once I hit fifteen, and able and, and actually able to enable weapon swap, mm-hmm. then I'll start doing both. You know, like I'll, I'll go the the typical open up for long range, keep going with the bow as as long as I can until they get within melee range, and then I'll hot swap out to the uh, the dual weapons. Okay. Okay, and I'm probably going to use the uh, if I can maybe two one handers. I'll right. see one hand like yeah, two two swords. Anything about the nightblade that you want to you want to get into? Oh yeah, I, I mean it's with her. I'm actually gonna do a mix of both, uh, especially with the armor set. Okay, some medium and some light, just to see how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have this whole grand plan in mind because obviously we, you know you get a, a I believe a a nice bonus. Especially stamina regen, if you go medium armor. I mean, there's a, I believe, a passive in the medium armor line that allows for that. Yeah. Because obviously, I intend to do a lot of sneaking around, just like Shank. No, and, and oh my God, folks, one shotting with a night blade with a bow <laughs> on targets, <laughs> as Shank can attest to later on, is just a beautiful sight. It's just like you see in Skyrim. <laughs> awesome. Yes, you line up, pull that, you know, you enable that heavy attack, and that thing just drops like a rock. You're like, yes. <laughs> yes you're uh, and guts for fishing so <laughs> more guts for fishing now okay uh and then you you also created correct a uh, a templar right yes and that is uh my breton character mm-hmm. all right and with her she is going the the old sword and board route all right. she, again, she's only low level. She's about level six right now. And for those of you familiar with my style of play, especially with Skyrim, you know, I really in single player RPGs and in most MMOs I've played, I I barely go sword and board route. Okay, so it's always been ranged, either magic, bow, or dual wielding. Right. Yeah, I, this this is a big departure for you in, in gameplay style. Yes, it is. How do so, you like it? Yeah, the way ESO is the way it's built, and the way it's it's flexibility and the freedom they give the player. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something to where I'm not afraid to actually go in there, and you know, make mistakes, get face rolled, because you know what, I can fix it, you know, or I can adapt everything. You know, I can work with it, so to speak. You know, How- you will. I, to, to a lot of people, I say you will find a way. 
to make things work for you. Oh, yeah. You know, given enough time, enough research into these skills and your play style, I, I believe you can actually make anything work. How do you like Sword and Board? The Sword and Board, I, man, I mean, the first time I blocked a heavy attack, I was literally thinking, wow, that really worked. <laughs> and then, of course, realizing that that one two second pause, I took, you know, the, it hit me again. I was like, oh, crap, I should pay attention. <laughs> right. It wasn't stopping. I stopped, like, oh, this is, that's great. And then I got hit in the face again. But um, <laughs> I, I really do love, I guess, that, that feeling of, uh, yeah, bring it. I can take it feeling, you know, mm-hmm. having that shield in, in hand and being able to take the punishment. All right. And all my other classes I play, like, you know, the ranged uh, mage, you know, a ranger character, you know, a, a sneaky, stabby thief or assassin, you know, you've always had to be careful. About taking that one or two shots from a, a from a character that could just kill you right right. So re- regarding your Templar um, and the the sword and shield, why don't you tell us a little bit about about how how that plays for you? Maybe some of the skills that you've chosen. Well, um, very basic skills right now. I think I've only focused on uh, the uh, one hand shield skill line. That's open. Okay. It's there. Yeah. And I only have the mm, gosh. Lots of points in stamina, then. You're, you're, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been putting a lot of points in stamina and, uh, yeah, and a couple in health. Mm-hmm. And then, um, gosh, that one heal spell in the Templar line, that's there. Yeah, I think that's uh, Rush Ceremony. Mm-hmm. I have that. All the other, all her offensive abilities are coming from the one hand and uh, shield skill tree. Okay. All right, now, now, later on, when I talk about my, my Templar, you're going to see how. I'm playing ver- the. I've got the same character as Lou. It's a Templar with a sword and shield, but utterly, utterly different. <laughs> same character, same weapon type, totally different. Indeed. Okay. Anything else, Lou? Uh, yeah. I also did a Dragon Knight, but again, low level, and I just barely, I barely touched that class. All right. So then. Tell me in in um with with your highest level character, I'm assuming is is what the sorcerer at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes, the sorcerer. Tell me how how you play that character. How does how does that work? Well, it's mostly a lot of. Uh, I actually do sneak around a lot mm-hmm. because even though I do have heavy armor, mm-hmm. I have not not very little, but. The amount of health I have won't, you know, doesn't compare to how much I've dumped into Magicka. <laughs> so, right. But I mean, do uh, you do you use a lot of your skills? Is it really based on on the uh, the staff? Uh, do oh, you do you do it, a lot of questing? Do you do a lot of exploring? It's actually all all of the above. I mean, as Dave was mentioning before, yeah, you know what? I'll pick up quests, but on my way, following the little markers on the compass, I will explore everything. Okay, and this is where I curse name Shank under my breath when I'm playing the game, you know, in first person <laughs> mode. Okay, uh-huh. um, you know, I've obviously I found myself on the other end of areas like, well, how in the hell did I get here? Oh yeah, because I was so busy checking. out, Oh my god, what's over there? I see a hint of a rune, or I see a body of water, you know, a, a little lake or a pond. What's over there? Mm-hmm. You know, or I hear stuff. In the background, folks, I mean, one of the things I think is underrated in a lot of these games, especially uh, with Elder Scrolls, is the sound. 
Yep. Yep. Okay, like the footsteps, um, things breathing. You know, uh, like in Skyrim. You know, if you really t- if you turn your music off, okay, and you turn up your ambient sound, you won't need to ever use detect life or you know the other spells or abilities and the other shafts that you could detect people or objects because you can hear them. You can hear the Draugr shuffle. You can hear their feet. You can hear them scuffle their weapons on something. And you're saying that this exists in Elder Scrolls Online. Yes, because I actually, my first encounter with a troll was actually, I was sneaking around an area, but I heard something, you know, ruffling about like it was breaking bones. Mm. and eating but very very faint like what the hell is that so i went around uh this cliff or this rock face and lo and behold my dumb ass walked right up to a troll (laughs) (laughs) that was having its lunch and this was your your sorcerer in yes okay this is my sorcerer and believe me if you think troll you know trolls still suck in esl yeah. <laughs> I think they suck at every test game. <laughs> right. This game is no different. Um, this thing promptly smashed me to a pulp because <laughs> I was totally caught by surprise. And so it was like right on me. Okay. So the thing is, too, you know, uh, exploring, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but be careful of the inherent dangers. Shank will attest to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Lou, one one like and then one dislike. God, the one thing I do like about this game is the sheer variety, just the skills and abilities that you have at your fingertips. Um, as I mentioned in your notes, yeah, you all, we all get to choose an archetype, all right? Mm-hmm. Dragon Knight, the Templar, the Sorcerer, the Nightblade. But as we're all mentioning today, you know, there are no restrictions, really. Okay, You can delve and use the other skills that are out there among the other skill trees, and you you're going to build yourself the way you want to. Okay? Fit the game, I guess, to you. You know, the game says, yeah, all right, all right, here are our rule sets, but you know what? There's a lot of ways to bend it, a lot of ways to make it flexible, and a lot of ways to make it fun and viable for you to enjoy yourself in the game. And to make yourself, you know, viable to, to other party members, you know, to the group. Yeah. You know, okay. And fun. What's, uh, what's something that you disliked about the game? Oh, okay. Hang on. Uh, here it goes. <laughs> uh, the one big thing I dislike about this game is the inventory space. Mm-hmm. Yes! I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. The lack thereof. <laughs> I mean, I understand maybe a few dead videos ago, they, oh God, I, I believe it was the conch, who may mention that they wanted to make, you know, wanted the players to actually think and prioritize what they wanted to keep and not keep. However, that, you know, to me, that, that, that's true, but up to a point. <laughs> Because resources, when you're gathering materials around the world, whether it's ore, you know, flowers, enchanting materials, stuff like that, it just takes up space in your regular inventory space, meaning it's all going into your bag, whether it's your armor, your weapons, your potions, anything and everything, folks, is going into one general inventory space. Right, and there's no, there's no separation, unless you're talking about quest items. Quest items are, are, right. are different, um, but if you're, there's not like, you know... <clears throat> your herbs or, or gathered materials for crafting. There's no like crafting inventory. It's just. It, exactly. Right. Uh, there's the caveat there. Everything else other than quest items, quest items will go into their own separate inventory, but everything else in the game that you find, whether it's, you know, loot, weapons, armor, 
gems, what have you. It all goes into one spot, folks. Right. One now, bag. it should be said that you can purchase an additional uh, 10, 10 bag slots. So expensive, though. But it's very expensive, right? Right. I mean, the amount of uh, of gold you earn through selling and through quest rewards and such, to me, right now, I don't know whether or not it's on purpose. They may adjust that later on because obviously it's still beta. Mm-hmm. But the rate of return you get on quests and on selling loot right now is it, it's a mere pittance. Yeah. So it doesn't pay. I mean, <laughs> all right guys well any uh lou what what hobbies do you have in in elder scrolls online if any my biggest hobby and my sorcerer is lore books because mm. lore books folks is a big I, I, it's the only way for what? You to race, to lou race. likes lore when yeah. did this happen <laughs> shocking <laughs> um lore books lore books lore books because raises mage guild status you know build that skill line to mages there you go all right, guys. Uh, well, before we get into uh, Shank and my uh, gameplay as well in Elder Scrolls Online, we want to just uh, thank Audible.com uh, for sponsoring our show in part today. Uh, get your free book at audibletrial.com slash Network, and you'll receive a special 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Network. Uh, we believe Elder Scrolls fans will will enjoy the Infernal C- City series by Greg Keyes. That's books one and two in a series that, that talks about Tamriel 40 years after the Oblivion Crisis. Uh, the first book is... Um, I don't understand why I can't remember... <laughs> Uh, the Infernal City, excuse me, is the is the first book, and then Lord of Souls is the second book. Um, and you can, like I said, you can download those those audiobooks at audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network. Uh, once you once you go there, you can get a free one of those for free, and you get a 30-day free trial as well. So thank you to audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network for sponsoring our show in part today. Uh, Shank. Yo. What did you think of The Elder Scrolls Online? Well, listeners, viewers, um, readers? I don't, I don't think you can read a po- Anyway, um, <laughs> so everything I'm about to say, I'm going to caveat this, is purely from a person who has never played, really never played an MMO before. All of this experience is coming from an individual who is a quote-unquote, for lack of a better word, self-proclaimed Elder Scrolls purist. So, if you fall into this category, um, I believe what I have to say might help you, or it might not help you, or you could just ignore me. That works, too. Um, <laughs> that's usually what I do. That's usually what uh, Dave does, because um, he's a jerk. So, uh, my character... <laughs> who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a fourth person on the show? When did that happen? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, Alright, so I created a uh, a Bosmer of the Aldmeri Dominion because... Uh, shut up, Dave. Because Bosmer are my favoriteest race, and they're better than Dave in every way. And this is a chick character, duh. And uh, unlike Lou... I actually don't have any alts. Um, and, you know, big surprise. So, 
Um, so what's what's my character been doing? Well, uh, she is a Nightblade, and um, I'm playing with a bow. And so, you know, how am I kind of going about playing uh, this Nightblade archer chick? Well, I am playing basically exactly like I would play my beloved Elder Scrolls games. That's, you know, Skyrim and Oblivion. So I'm playing this and I'm approaching this very, very slowly. Very, very slow pace. Extremely deliberate in how I approach any given situation in the game. And very, very exploration heavy. I'm avoiding quests as much as I possibly can, and I'm avoiding combat as much as I possibly can. Um, basically, you know, if I if I encounter like a cool ruin or something like that, what I will do is I will go in there and I will sneak through the entire thing and I'll try and avoid every single enemy until, of course, you you know have to fight the the, the boss. And I take a lot of flack for this, but you know what? I honestly don't care because the challenge for me personally is is not to just go in and like run in and like Call of Duty the entire dungeon. Um, frankly, I'd be too scared. The challenge for me is to see if I can sneak around everything and remain undetected. And that goes back to my love of stealth games. And you know what? For the most part, I found this to be the case, which kind of surprised me a little bit, but it was, it was like a good surprise. Um now that being said, the quests that I have done, and I'm, you know, prefacing this with the quests that I have done, which are most likely going to be fewer than my fellow hosts, and if you're in the beta as well, probably some of you. And in my experience, the quests that I have personally played um, place too much of an emphasis on combat for my liking, for my taste. Um, which it, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not feeling it too much because I, I, I kind of wish it allowed for a little bit more freedom for not specifically my play style, but like, you know, alternate type of play styles. Um, and I found this, you know, with, with, with past Elder Scrolls games, some quests are scripted. You have to go through it. Um, but a lot of others kind of give you options on how you can approach the, the situation, your objective, and basically like how you want to achieve the quest in general. Uh, with ESO, with the with the quests that I have personally played, I they have been too focused on combat. Now, again, I'm not saying that all quests are like this. There are probably quests that I have yet to come across. Right, you're just saying the ones that you've played. Exactly, are, are I very have. A, there's a small oriented. subset of quests that I'm only talking about. So yeah. there might be other quests out there that are totally different and complete, like night and day from what I've played. I have yet to come across them. Um, I hope I do. Um, and it sounds like with the abundance of stuff in this game, it's, it sounds like I will, but I just haven't come across it yet. Um, the So here, here's where things get interesting uh, for Mr. Uh, the Tank, Esquire the Third. <laughs> I have been playing this entire time sneaking as a bow. As a primarily sneaky class, which is the Nightblade, you know, the one in the shadows. But I've been doing right. all of this in heavy armor. <laughs> wow. What's Why that? am I doing this in heavy armor? How has and that worked out for you? I, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the reason why I'm doing this in heavy armor is honestly aesthetics. It just looks so badass in heavy armor, man. I mean, like... You can, and I'll get to this in a, in a little bit further down, but like a lot of this is the the, the way I've built my character with the crafting and the 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 uh, 
the skills and stuff that I'm trying to that I'm working and focused on. But the heavy armor, and I, and I'm I just listed it here because I think it's really really cool. So there is a uh, I'm not going to read the name of this, but there's a chest piece I'm wearing that adds 19 health, a waist piece that adds four max stamina. Uh, boots and legs, which I crafted in the Bosmer style. Yes, there are different crafting styles in this game, by the way. Oh, yeah. And you have to find them and learn them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, gauntlets on my hand adding four max health. I've got, you know, iron pauldrons for my shoulders, which I crafted. And I am wearing a uh, helm that I crafted in the Khajiit style. And... So what does all this mean? It means that I have a mix of things that I am wearing on my person that are either I have crafted, I have been gifted, or I have found. Now, I can't begin to tell you how cool and unique this makes me feel like from a visual standpoint. I feel that like my character looks different from another Bosmer archer who also might be a nightblade i feel like i stand out and i look different which is i i like that i like the deep customization that's involved in these systems um and to answer varwin's question how's it been working out with heavy armor and sneak it's so ridiculously efficient because I'm I'm the type of player who's incredibly patient and I if somebody if if it takes me 15 minutes just to learn the patrols uh of a certain like guards that are moving I will sit there behind a rock and watch the patrols for 15 minutes before I make a move. And the fact that I have heavy armor versus a light armor is almost actually no I'm going to say it it is a non-issue. It really is. And I think it's because while heavy armor does give you more armor, like higher armor rating than light armor and medium armor, obviously, when it comes to shank specific playstyle, it doesn't matter. It's just that's it just doesn't matter. And it, I can't tell you how it, it works amazingly well. One of the coolest things I found was actually, um, and I actually found these greaves. Uh, they basically what they do is. They give you an extra 7% experience bonus uh, from exploring. Mm. So we know that when that's, you go and explore things in this game, you are awarded experience points. That's, that's all you, man. That's all you. Yeah. And lo and behold, imagine my extreme surprise, happiness, glee, and just joy when I found the I, – I found the pants, by the way. I found them. <laughs> That were, hey, here's an extra 7% experience for exploration. I found my pants. <laughs> and yeah, I actually found pants, which <laughs> which is just, I mean, it's, it's something like that makes me happy because they're that. not just saying here are a piece, here's a piece of armor that will make your, I don't know, your, your, your melee attacks hit harder. They're not focusing just on that side. They're also saying, you know what? There are people, crazy people on crazy ends of the bell curve like Shank who will just walk around. Okay, let's do stuff for them. These pants, for example, this enchantment is a per, it's a trait really, but that is a perfect example of that kind of broad spectrum 
Um, how'd, how'd you find them? What was that? How'd you find them? Were they just laying on the ground? You're like, oh, look, Shank's pants. No, I actually, no, they weren't laying on the ground. I was actually in like the middle of the woods and um, I heard like a shimmering and I turned around and I, and I saw this beam, this basically a, a, a sky shard. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Which eventually led me to another point of interest. And next to that point of interest, there was a chest. Mm, okay. And I had to pick the lock and I got to, I, one of the things I picked up was these pair of pants. So it was, <laughs> it was freaking sweet, man. I don't know what else to say. It was awesome. Um, what did you think of lock picking in the game? I love lock picking. This is my favorite lock picking system in from Oblivion, Skyrim, and now ESO. This is my favorite lock picking system because to me, it's the perfect balance. It's the perfect balance of it. It creates tension, but it also is just enough where you it requires that skill and patience from you. So you have this natural friction between you know you have limited time. But you also need to be patient enough and listen to and see the tumblers on your actual lock. And that – I cannot begin to tell you how much that plays right into my hands. Um, as a natural born like sort of stealth sneaky thief person, I, I, I love the lockpicking system. It's perfect, man. I, I, I mean I love it. It's great. Awesome. Um, weapon. Of course, I said I used the bow. Um, this is a bow that I crafted actually and it is a maple bow of poison. And I enchanted this to deal uh, seven uh, poison damage. And, um, you know, if it gets their health low enough, it actually deals a little bit extra damage. Um, but I crafted this, I enchanted this, and I improved it. And it felt, I felt, gosh, I, I guess it's a sense of ownership. I, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Like, I, like I created this, and it, like, was added to my inventory and I, and I just looked at it. I was like, dude, I, I made this and made it's that. like going to just do damage. The the crafting in this game is unbelievably rewarding. And that comes from a person who hates crafting in any <laughs> game. <laughs> so, I mean, if we're talking about crafting, I'll, t- I'll talk about my crafting experience. Um, I said, you need to learn, uh, you can f- craft things in various different sort of styles of races. Um, and you need to you need to find these things. They're not just, in my experience, they're not just like, oh, here you go. You can now craft like that. No, you have to earn it and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to craft in the Bosmer and the Khajiit style. And I can tell you, man, the heavy armor Bosmer looks so gorgeous. It's just so pretty. Um, the things that I've invested in from a crafting perspective are uh, blacksmithing, where I'm a level five, enchanting, where I'm a level four, and woodworking, where I'm a level five. And for all three of these skills, I have a, a passive ability called Keen Eye. Now, Keen Eye allows you to, um, when you're within, you know, a certain range. I think it's like 20 meters or 20 feet or something. Um, you know, ore or uh, runes and uh, you know, wood like logs and stuff will actually shimmer a little bit, so you can find it a little bit easier. So, I mean, because it's it's actually it's pretty difficult to find crafting materials. So if you're a crafter, get getting keen eye is is a huge plus. It's it's a really really it's a great aid when it comes to crafting. And on top of that, on blacksmithing and enchanting, I have a another passive. Uh, basically, it's a hireling, and um, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he you know what I'm talking. I mean, it oh, is yeah. so I can't begin to tell you how amazing it feels because basically what it does is you know once a day you get 
you have a hireling basically who gives you materials with respect to that crafting profession and a chance to get something extra and something cooler. And I can tell you, I, it is so awesome, you know, you to get like the, these materials, it's, it's once a day. It's not like every single day, but like uh, every single like hour or whatever, but it's so cool to just like find this at like, just like in your inventory and be like, oh man, that's so, and you, there, you get like random stuff, which is really, really cool. And you're like, oh man, I can't wait to use this. So it, it feels really wholesome. The crafting, I, I love the crafting in this game more so than the crafting in uh, Skyrim. Honestly, I feel like it's a very, very deep system. It, it allows for a lot of uh, variety, but it, it requires you to be patient and really, you know, dedicate, it's not grinding, but like it requires, it, it the game doesn't assume you're stupid. I'll say it that way. Like it assumes that you're intelligent. You understand like how to approach a complex, deep but rewarding system like this. I, I love it. It's it's amazing. Um, really quickly, my skills, uh, dude. As I said before, I'm only playing one class because that's how I approach every single Elder Scrolls game. Right, I have. Uh, um, you're playing the Nightblade, correct? Just so, I, just yes. to remind folk out there, you are a Bosmer Nightblade for the Aldmeri Dominion. That is that is absolutely correct. I'm a Bosmer okay. Nightblade, Aldmeri Dominion, uh, using a bow and only a bow. Um, I have a skill uh, which is uh, it's called a uh, Poison Injection, and it, it deals 45 poison damage to the enemy. Your target takes an additional 30 poison over 10 seconds, and your damage over time is increased to uh, or t- targets under uh, 35% health. So it, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, it, it's kind of one of those great sort of like one-off kind of shots sort of thing. Um, one of my other skills, you know, is from the actual class itself, uh, Shallow Soul. It's basically a siphoning thing where you can like basically leech literally like – your character kind of does this move where like you like reach out and you grab and like, you can just see like the health draining from the, it's so powerful, man. It's great. Uh, I'm also using a, a scatter shot, um, ability with the, the bow. This is basically like a shotgun blast. It, it knocks them back and mm. it also stuns them. Um, and it basically disorients them. And I use this a lot to kind of like recoup myself, take a potion if I need to, or you know what? If I'm in over my head, I have no problem turning around and running away. That's, I mean, I will do that. That Shanks playstyle: turn around and run, bravely <laughs> run away. It is. It is. Bra- I'm just gonna bravely running away. Um, the tactical retreat. It is. <laughs> uh, this next skill is actually. I'm shocked how much I really like this. It's called Silver Bolts, and I'm I've leveled this to uh, four. And this is a guild specific. Yeah, that's for the fighters, fighters guild. guild. Right? Yeah, yeah, this is this is this is a fighters guild specific skill. I, I just want to read the the, uh, the description of this real quick because it, it's pretty ridiculous. You do sixty seven physical damage. You knock down the undead and Daedric enemies for three and a half seconds. Wow! You have a five percent chance to banish the undead and Daedric enemies, which deals four hundred and twenty magicka damage. Yeah. That is a beautiful skill. <laughs> so, and of course, you know, as you use these skills and as they're in your hot bar, um, they level up as well and they get more powerful. So you get this sense of like real progress and like, man, I am getting more powerful. I can't even begin to tell you how much I love this skill. It is unbelievable. I use it so much. 
because it's just efficient. It's just so efficient, man. Um, and of course I have an arrow spray sort of that kind of, this is sort of my secondary ones where like I shoot them and it slows them down for a little bit. Uh, snares, I, I believe the game calls it. Um, and it's, 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 it's effective, but you know, you couple that snaring with the silver bolts and you can imagine the possibilities and how you can sort of, you know, trap enemies, localize them and just, you know, deal with them one by one. Um, because if anybody gets close to me, I don't have any weapons. So I need to, I'm a ranged, natural ranged sort of play style. So I need to approach any combat situation and deal with things one-on-one. Now compare, compare this to lose Nightblade, who was, was using, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of melee abilities with the, the dual, the dual weapon. Now he only got it up to level five. Shanks got his up to what? Uh, 12, 13. Uh, my character is a level 12, level 12, but almost 13, almost 13. Um, yeah. So he's he's going with the bow. Uh, Lou had gone with uh, dual wielding swords, and, and it's like you have to remind yourself that the two actually spoke about the same class of character, right. because it sound, it it plays utterly utterly different. You can't be any more different than Lou's dual wielding melee style and Shank's sneaking bow style with you know tons of of. Um, poison ranged and um you know and whatnot uh skills yeah and that's the thing like if you if you paid attention like the central theme i have around all my skills and again this is exactly how i play elder scrolls i play a very defensive character and if you look at my skills none of them are overtly like oh dude i'm just gonna like zap you and you're dead all of them are there to help me sort of get the situation under my control and if i need to i will get out of there they're all defensive skills they're all meant to just kind of keep the enemies at bay rather than to just pound their face into a fist only exception there being really silver bolts but i picked the skills for a reason so <laughs> um other quick notes um i haven't left the game in first person i i mean you all know, like, I, I play in first person. I don't really like third person at all. Uh, the first person in this game is excellent. Uh, there are a few issues where it kind of forces you out, which hopefully, you know, it's a beta, so maybe in a later patch or something. But generally, I, I love the first person. Um, and, okay, this next part, I, I want to talk directly to you people, uh, players out there who play like me and are single, like, solo-minded, single-player sort of veterans. I have never once ever felt pressured or the need to uh, group up or anything like that. And, and I say this with this in mind, in this context. I have never felt locked out of something I found in the game, a game content or game feature, purely because I was not playing with another person. Everything that I've been able to do and everything you've heard me talk about and even in my articles, everything in there, completely solo. All of the quests, what little I've done, and all of the other crafting, everything I've been able to accomplish by myself. Now, if you remember, this was one of my biggest, biggest, um, I'll call it tension points and uh, worries that I had about this game. And you know what? You can play solo. You can play completely by yourself. 
And I'm getting a question here. Shank, did you ever see a lot of people that uh, – did you see a lot of people? Did you ever fight the same mobs with others? Honestly, I didn't. And it, the reason I didn't is because the way I approach this game is is I, I don't gravitate to combat. I don't gravitate to sort of places where there's a lot of enemies. I, I sneak around and I, I will take the long route if necessary. So if you guys are worried about that, at least like hopefully what I've said assuages your fears because it was a fear of mine and it lies smashed and ruined at my feet. <laughs> Um, things I've done, I talked about the crafting already, uh, fishing. I love that. I'm not going to expound on that too much because uh, I feel like, uh, Papa brisket and cotton's got something to say on that later. Papa brisket cotton! Uh, um, the, the final points I'll end not on today, not yesterday, uh, the beast asked, did you battle bossa solo? Yes, I did. Um, so the final couple points and, and I texted Avarwin about this. Because I felt genuine joy. I received two achievements. Okay? I've received a couple achievements, but these two are my favorite ones. Both of them were achievements for discovering all locations in a certain area. And that made me happy. Because as soon as I got the achievement, I looked at my map and I zoomed out and I was like, you know what? I've actually found a lot of things and I, it didn't even feel like that. And that makes me happy. I mean, I guarantee you, yes, there are going to be achievements like, okay, you killed like, you know, I don't know, 20 people without taking damage. Um, but I like that they're not just focusing on that. They're, they're saying like, you found everything, like you deserve praise. You know, you spent all this time doing nothing and found stuff. You deserve praise. So um, other than that, I love the story. I love Queen Irene's story. I feel invested, and I, I feel like I want to do something in there. So Okay, so so Shank says, totally just got an achievement for discovering all the locations in Oridon. <laughs> yes, that was a text. Yeah, that was a... <laughs> That was uh, that was my text of uh, that was my text of just utter joy there. I found these dudes named the Undaunted. They're adventure dudes. They have their own skill line. I'm trying to do one of their quests now. These guys have Shank written all over them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was that was another one of those happy moments when I was like, these guys are like literally just adventurers. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, screw you, main quest. Dude, I effing love this game. I legit cheered. <laughs> <laughs> When I found my equal liar. <laughs> Dude, it's two in the morning. What are you doing? <laughs> go, go, go to bed, Shank. <laughs> Those are some of the texts I've received this week alone. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... so, Shank, I mean, this, this, is, this is great stuff. Um, what, give me one thing you like and one thing you don't like. Sure. Um, so one thing I like, and this is going to not surprise anybody, mm-hmm. um, is the graphics. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of things and I've received a lot of things saying, yeah, but it's not as good as Skyrim. Let me assure you on an engine level, it is. It just is. It's using DX11 Skyrim. Isn't it? I, I think what they've created in the game yeah. is, and honestly, I think a lot of it is down to the lighting. It is just 
it's truly it's gorgeous. gorgeous. And one of the words I use is dramatic. It's, yeah. It is very dramatic lighting and it suits the environment, the, 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 the game itself. And, and frankly, the, the Elder Scrolls universe at large, the, the, the style fits it. It's gorgeous. And, um, I, I genuinely like the graphics and it and honestly can only get better as patches and optimizations are found in the engine. And one thing that you do not like. One thing I don't like, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, and but I, I don't care. Uh, this is, again, I don't play MMOs. This is the Elder Scrolls uh, in me. Um, I don't like the starting area. Um, I, I don't not, like not, the starter area either. Not, 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 not literally like the starter area as in like just for one line. I'm talking about like the starting area sort of. I guess, I guess concept or, or a zone or I don't know what the right word is, but yeah. I, 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 I don't like it. And here's why. And I'm going to take flack, but I, I don't care. This, this is what I feel. Um, I don't feel that sense that you, uh, you, you know, I mean, you're, you're frankly, you're not thrust into the, to the, to the world at large. You're, you're on a, uh, in some cases in an island, which I personally feel like it, it, for me, it created a, an artificial restriction, I call it. And I felt like I was put on a leash for for too long. Um, I, I, it, it, I felt like I, I just had to, like, you know, in order to get out of there, I had to just quest my way through. Which that's that's not really how I play these games. I, I don't like, you know, just go quest, 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 quest. Okay, cool. I I I wish that it kind of put you into the bigger world um, because, and and the reason I say this is because. I believe one of the main parts and the biggest pieces of Elder Scrolls is exploration and freedom. And I feel like the starting area areas uh, and that concept, it, it kind of restricts you from that. And honestly, this, this frustrates me a little bit. Um, but that that's all I got. Um, I, there's a light at the end of the tunnel on that one. Uh, I believe it was uh, Paul Sage who had, who had said, and I'll say it's it's somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where, but he did say that they are looking to find a way to get you off of that uh, as quickly as possible. Give you like the option of of getting really. Soon. Yes, they are. They you are. sir just gave me hope. Yeah. So um, hopefully they go that's through with it. Terrible idea. But uh, well, that's uh, they've gotten a lot of flack from from people saying that they want to get off as quickly as possible. So they're this they're, is people complaining about receiving a hundred dollars as a gift. Like in comparison to every other MMO in the world, this is the best starting area you've ever seen. Yes, it is, and but, it's ridiculous. I get it that people are coming from an Elder Scrolls game, but it's not just an Elder Scrolls game. There's a lot more to this as an MMO that you have to be able to teach people, or else they're going to be going into it blind and killing themselves. But you can understand that my lack of experience in MMOs and only experience in an Elder Scrolls uh, mindset would lead me to this conclusion, and I think it's a logical conclusion for someone like me. But they can't cater to you properly when you've, you know, skipped this starting area. It's, I, know, I, I don't see I how they can fix it. They, I, think here, they, I think there is. It's, it's, uh, it's a good idea to give people options. Now, if you yeah, take the I option agree. and you decide the option was a mistake for you, you're at a very early point in the game. You can delete and go ahead and re, restart. For some people, making that sort of mistake is going to turn them off from playing the game entirely. Well, then it does. There's a lot of things in this game that's going to turn people off to the game entirely, like the fact that it's an MMO or the fact that it's an Elder Scrolls game. 
you know, the MMO crowd who loves World of Warcraft and Rift and, and very theme park-esque type of, of MMOs are not going to like this game because of the, the, the fact that it's an Elder Scrolls game first. And, and the people that are huge Elder Scrolls fans are not going to like some of the things about this game that, that makes it an MMO. And that's, that's going to happen regardless. Um, I don't think it's going to be a business-breaking decision for them. And I think uh, if they do it the right way and they make it a choice, then and a choice that maybe you can go back on without it without would need to be something you can go back on because yeah. I don't want this to ruin gameplay for people. It probably won't. What what I would do is I would have the I would have two way uh, two two uh, way shrines open. One on your starter area, and then another on, you know, let's just say Glenumbra, which is the Daggerfall Covenant's, uh, you know, one of the Daggerfall Covenant's main area after the starter zone. Um, you you can just, you know, use a waypoint at the starter zone, go to Glenumbra, and there you go. Uh, a little tough at first, but you know, you'll you'll muddle through it. And I, I would do that, and and know what I'm getting into. Same here. And you can always go back on that too, and say, you know, it's a little tough for me. Maybe I'll just go ahead and you know grab that waypoint and uh, go back. Um, okay, so so here it is, guys. Uh, my my first fifteen levels in Elder Scrolls Online. Now, I I have um, most of my experiences is with the Templar build, and I've started one in all three factions: Eldmary Dominion, Ebonheart Pact, and the Daggerfall Covenant. Which the Daggerfall Covenant is my latest build, and I do believe that this is going to be the the faction for me. Um, I have started Templars. <laughs> I have started Sorcerers, uh, but I've I've started uh, a Templar as well. So let me talk to you a little bit about about my Sorcerers. I have two. Uh, my latest build of one of my sorcerers included a dark elf with light armor, with destruction stabs, storm calling, and dark magic class skill lines. I got this. Uh, I got this guy up to level five. Uh, he plays Ebonheart Pact, and I made it up to Balfoyen in uh, Morrowind, which is uh, just after the the starter zone, a little bit further in. Um. For for the storm calling class skill, I unlocked Mage's Fury Four, which uh, deals forty shock damage and explodes for an additional fifty six shock damage if the target falls below twenty percent health within four seconds. Uh, the explosion also does eleven shock damage to surrounding enemies within four meter radius of the target. Also, I've unlocked Lightning Form Three, which um, is a uh, armor and spell resist. Uh, it increases armor and spell resistance by 200 for 6 seconds and deals 7 shock damage to nearby enemies for 1 second. And in Dark Magic, I unlocked Crystal Shard 4, which deals 65 magic damage and knocks down 4 for 2 seconds. And this is what you descri- what uh, Lou had described to you that he had unlocked as well. Um... Very much the the major the the very much the the classic type of of sorcerer. I got bored with it because it is a classic type of sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, he's he's level five, so I mean, there's so much more to to um, explore. 
with this character. Um, but right now, I wanted to, with so many options in front of me, I wanted to explore those options. I'm an explorer at heart. I always have been. I always will be. Explorer and adventurer at heart, and I want to learn. And I want to see what's, what's ahead of me. So I started a Khajiit. Uh, Khajiit Sorcerer with light armor and bow as a weapon to get sneak bonuses when I crouch. Now, I last played him on Oridon, which is, again, after my, my starter zone, uh, which is Canarthi's Roost, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, too, was level 5. Um, I used the Storm Calling Trees as well as, I believe, the Dark Magic Trees and bow. Now, in Stormcalling, I unlocked Endless Fury, which is an upgrade of Mage's Fury. And it does everything that Mage's Fury does, which deals shock damage and explodes for additional damage in people and to its enemies around it as well. But Endless Fury, when when you upgrade to Endless Fury, it also restores 41 Magicka. So as I'm dealing damage, I'm also gaining my Magicka back. So... Is this is this like draining their magicka to give it to you, or are you just no. getting magicka? I'm just getting magicka. I, I okay. pop this off. I'm damaging enemies left and right, and I gain magicka as a result. Uh, so I gain forty. So when I spend the magicka in order to use this skill, I'll gain forty one of that back. That's pretty cool. Um, Crystal shard four. Okay, deals sixty five magic damage to enemies and knocks down for two seconds. And then here's where it gets interesting. Bow. I'm using Poison Arrow and Volley. Now, Poison Arrow uh, damages the enemy for uh, 23 poison damage plus 15 poison damage over 10 seconds. Then Volley is a uh, is an AOE ability. It fires arrows at a target location for 3 seconds, dealing 4 physical damage every 5 seconds uh, in an area of effect. Now, here's how it worked. I would fire an arrow while crouching to get my sneak bonus. Then I'd use crystal shard to hit them, knock them down, and then volley to damage them further. Um, and also hit poison arrow as well to, to tick some damage off of their health as they come running, running toward me. Uh, then I used endless fury to finish them off. I don't get touched as a sorcerer using a bow. I come in, I'm crouching, I pop off these bow skills, I end up with a couple of mage skills that I explained to you, and they get maybe like a third of, well, they get maybe like three quarters of the way toward me, and they're dead. Between all of the damage I've done to them before they even turned around to look at me, and the damage over time abilities that I'm using, plus the direct damage abilities I'm using, I don't even have to move. And can I just say something really quickly? I don't mean to interrupt, but okay. you, and I, I think I told you this too, but like this has inspired me when I create my first character to be a sorcerer archer. Because it, dude, it sounds amazing. It is amazing. And that's a level five fighting level eight enemies. I'm fighting enemies three levels higher than me and they're not closing the distance. And I wonder how much that's because of all that sneak bonus too. Uh, a good portion of it because I mean I'm not I'm not one shotting them but I'm yeah. knocking I'm knocking off maybe like a good chunk a fourth of their health to yeah. anywhere between a fifth to a fourth of their health. That's pretty sick. 
Oh, yes. It's it's God. absolutely amazing. I would definitely recommend if you go sorcerer and you're looking for a high damaging, extremely ranged uh you know, um sorcerer that is totally different than what is out there, I would say try bow. Try try the bow as a weapon. Um and you may even want to try uh, medium armor with that to to get some some basic you know stamina increases. Uh, and if you don't get that, then you can just use light armor and enchant. You can make your light armor and enchant stamina increases or magic increases depending on how heavy you you use one attack versus the other. Um, I could also see that working with uh, Daedric summoning. You know, you grab your you grab your little clan fear there, um, or as Dave likes to call him, little Tyranno, <laughs> and uh, you you have you have the the clan fear tank while you just hurl magic and arrows at at the enemy. That's pretty much how I lived my life. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, On to my Templar now. I my Templar, like I told like I told you earlier, heavy armor, uh, sword and shield. Okay. Uh, two-handed weapon and restoration staff. All right, I've also used, which uh, were very, very good. Um, last played, finishing up Glenumbra. I was level thirteen, and I put most of my points into Magicka, then health, and lastly stamina. Um, I was using Adric Spear skill lines as well as Dawn's Wrath skill lines, and I had. Unlocked. I hadn't unlocked any of the uh, the healing skill lines at all. Yeah, um, one I hate to interrupt, but mm-hmm. before you really get into this and break it down, the Templar mm-hmm. coming from the resident paladin, right? You know, in the in, you've been you play this in the latest beta. Right now, how does it feel, paladin-y wise? This is the one build this is the one game where i feel like i'm not reliant on the game developer's idea of what a paladin should be uh one thing i disliked about world of warcraft was that they they forced you into this oh well paladins don't ever do a lot of damage or they're just strictly tanks or they're just strictly healers and you go and play a game like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, and they've got a different take on what a Templar should be or a, a Paladin should be. And certainly so does so does Skyrim. Um, what I like about this is I can make the kind of Paladin that I want to be. Heavy armor, sword and shield, lots of damage, good tank ability, or lots of tanking ability with, you know, solid damage, and a little healing ability to keep myself and my group mates alive. That to me is what a paladin is tank, solid damage, some healing. And I can do that with this game. Um, now regarding my, regarding my skills. Okay. Age. I, I went into Adric spear. Um, I get a puncturing sweep, which does four consecutive attacks for 42 magic damage and it does this in a cone effect, and the closest target takes 100% of the damage and is knocked back on the last hit. You wouldn't believe how many times this has saved me from getting hit 
with a huge attack coming from a mage or someone just winding up looking to hit me with their power attack. Um, also, in Adric's Spear, I get Aurora Javelin, which hurls a spear for 177 magic damage and knocks back the enemy 5 meters and also does a 30% more damage to the target the further I'm away from it. That's pretty sick. It's amazing. Also, in Adric's Spear, I've used the ultimate ability, which is Radial Sweep, which does 294 magic damage to all of the enemies around me. So I'm, I'm fighting my guts off, and I got two other guys coming at me, and I pop off you know, um, Radial Sweep when I have enough ultimate built up to pop off that skill, and everyone gets smacked in the face. <laughs> so fighting your guts off, can we use that for, for bait? We can do that, yeah. yeah okay, awesome. <laughs> Let me know what you catch. <laughs> you know, uh, you know what would be cool of Arwen? Uh-huh. If that Adric spear, dude, just 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 go with me here for a sec. Mm-hmm. You level it so much and like I don't even know if it's a morph, but how cool would it be like so if you got so jacked with it that you like threw it at some dude and it like went through him and like pinned him to something behind him. Well, let's let, let me tell you. Um one of the things I love doing with Adric spear is hurling the spear at them. And they they get pushed back, and if there's like a wall there, they'll they'll go through the wall a little bit and and come out, and it's it's kind of funny. If that ends up, <laughs> if Adric Spear ends up being the last skill you use and it to before it kills them, they just like you know stop there for a second and then fall to their feet and die like you you basically just <laughs> stapled them to the ground. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, on to Dawn's Wrath. I, I've unlocked a skill called Vampire's Bane. This does 177 flame damage plus 204 flame damage over six and a half seconds. It'll snare the target as well for six and a half seconds by 40%. Then I've also unlocked Solar Barrage 1, which does 170 magic damage to all nearby enemies. Your next attack on affected enemies gains 55 weapon power and 55 spell damage, and it's an instant area of effect cast. Uh, Mind you, everything that I've talked about is the morphed version of a lesser ability. So, So I know these sound horribly overpowered, but that's because I morphed these abilities. Um, On to my weapon... I I used uh, one skill in one-handed and shield skill line, and that's Pierce Armor. Uh, Now, that does 206 physical damage. It reduces target armor and spell resist by 40% for 12 seconds, and it taunts the enemy for 15 seconds. This is the only skill that I have that uses stamina. Everything else uses Magicka, which is why I put all all those points into Magicka to buff up my Magicka pool. But by the time I'm done fighting in a fight, I'm pretty much uh, exhausted from my Magicka. And I use this to sort of um, make sure I'm not completely relying on all Magicka abilities. And, and the, the breakup definitely hurts. Uh, helps, rather. It, it definitely helps. It would hurt if it were all Magicka abilities. Uh, now, here's basically how it works. I pull from range using Vampire's Bane doing damage over time spells and snaring them as they're trying to run towards me. I've reduced their movement ability by 40%. Then I, I, I hurl Aurora Javelin at them, knocking them back again. After they've you know managed to close some distance, 
by that time, the flame damage over time ability from Vampire's Bane has worn off when they get up. I hit Vampire's Bane again. Once they close the distance, I've managed to regain some of my Magicka because using Vampire's Bane slows them for 40, 40% of their speed, does that damage over time ability. They close the distance, right? Um, then I use Pierce Armor, reducing their armor, gaining their attention, and then I use Puncturing Sweep. Now, if there's anything else that need, now that's if there was just one enemy. I start, uh, you know, I start with. That's if there was one enemy. If there's more than one enemy, again, I'll start vamp. Start with Vampire's Bane. I'll use Solar Barrage to get that AOE damage in because I'm fighting more than one more than one enemy. Uh, and again, what's great about Solar Barrage is it's an instant cast. The uh, unmorphed version of Solar Barrage is a five-second cast, so you have to be very careful with that. Um, so I use Vampire's Bane, Solar Barrage, get that AoE damaging ability in, and then I'll use Puncturing Sweep. And if I have enough ultimate power, I'll use Radial Sweep. So I'm doing a lot of area of effect damage. Um, also, I'll also use uh, Aurora Javelin to push one of the enemies away to sort of give myself a little breathing room because I'm taking a lot of damage from a lot of different places. It really helps to use that Javelin to hit him, push him back, back up a little bit and sort of select a primary target, finish that guy off. And now you, you've got, you know, either one left or, or, you know, maybe two left or bravely run away or bravely run away. I also had a build that used a restoration staff with uh, lots of area of effect heals for PVP. This helped me out in PVP tremendously. Now I can't really talk about PVP. Uh, what I will say is that I've led for a 40 man raid when I was part of the Aldmeri dominion. And I, I helped put push back uh, the Daggerfall Covenant and the the Ebonheart Pact out of the territory and pushed into Daggerfall Covenant territory as a healer leading a raid. Um, it was it was unbelievable, unbelievably amazing. Don't think that just because you're a healer you don't have any kind of offensive ability or that you would be um, broken in PvP. Don't think that at all because it's not true. Um, I was doing very, very well in PVP as a healer. And I kept my group alive. I gained a tremendous amount of Alliance points. And we used that to, like I said, push the enemy out of our territory and we made our way into theirs. And it was, uh, it was, it was great. Um, on to crafting. Now, uh, most of it I've done in blacksmithing and enchanting with a tiny little bit of provisioning, fishing and woodworking and woodworking is good for shields. Um, I've had an, an awesome crafting experience. I've, I've picked up a lot of iron weapons, extracted them into iron ingots, and then also have gained honing stones as well, which you, which is um, a crafting material that you need in order to upgrade your, your weapons to green level quality. You, you have a chance to get those honing stones when you extract either ore or um, green level iron items you can get a honing stone from that. And I, and I have acquired these things. Um, now using those materials to make a level 12 sword, I then use the honing stone to upgrade it. 
and I passed the 20% success rate that using a honing stone uh, could could grant. You you have an 80% chance of failure when you use a honing stone. So if you if you craft a weapon, okay, and you want to upgrade it to like green green level quality, which will push its deep its damage a little further up, 80% of the time you will fail doing it and destroy the item. However, well- I'm sorry. Can I, can I, uh, Go ahead, Shank. Yes. a little detail on that? Mm-hmm. It actually depends on how many of those honing stones you have. Really? Yes. Uh, which is why there's a little, that, that 20% chance that you're talking about. That's if you have one honing stone, but if you have three honing stones, you have a 60% chance of success. So the more oh. of these, uh, tempers that you get, and there's, there's four different tempers and they're different for each one of the crafting, um, you know, professions. The more that you have, the greater chance you have of raising the the proficiency and efficacy of that uh, weapon or armor or whatever. So, you know, if you have one honing stone, yeah, twenty percent success rate. Yeah. Five honing stones, hundred percent success rate. I didn't even know that, dude. I I didn't. Yeah, know and that you know what? All. If you extract a uh, whatever colored uh, item it is, you have a chance of extracting that that uh, temper as well. Very cool. <laughs> Sorry See, to interrupt, but I no, no, I, that's that's a good interruption. Absolutely, I mean, they're all good, but I mean that's that's fantastic knowledge. I mean that's something that our listeners need to know about. Uh, so, so there you go. I, I, but I happened to pass that that uh, that little twenty percent chance there. I turned the the item that I made. First of all, I took tons of of like iron weapons, broke them down into iron ingots, used those ingots to make my own sword upgraded it to green level quality using a honing stone and then with some runes that i found i've mixed these runes together creating an enchant that adds three magic damage and recovers one health on a weapon and i i enchanted my sword so now it's a level 12 sword it does better than normal damage and it also has this enchant on there that uh, on top of its physical damage does three magic damage and I get to recover one health on every hit. How sweet is enchanting, dude? <laughs> it's so fun, man. It's amazing. I love the crafting in this game. It's just, it's so great. Um, that's, I mean, it's, it's great. All right. On to my in-game hobbies. And then I'll tell you what I like and dislike about this. Um, I love collecting lore books. I love mining ore. I love finding chests, runes, and sky shards. And I love opening up waypoints. When I see a waypoint, or a way shrine, I should say, I have to open it. There's just no way around it. I love gaining achievements as well. And there are some titles that are given to you as you gain achievements. Um, One of my favorites so far has been the achievement Capture a Keep. Uh, It's worth 10 achievement points. Um, and what I was doing was I was doing a lot of AOE healing for a group, uh, breaking down a keep door and healed and cleansed them as they rushed in, keeping them alive. Um, as the, the army was fighting back and they were fighting back very hard. Uh, eventually what happened was we, we were able to wipe them out. We took the, the keep and a lot of it was in part because of my healing. Um, I had felt pretty awesome because I was the only healer there and I kept a very large group alive as they did their damnedest to take that keep and we took the keep and I got an achievement all on top of it and it was just such an amazing feeling 
Here's what I like. There's many things about this game that I love, okay? I like how it's an Elder Scrolls game first and an MMO second for the most part. In keeping with that, the maps have recently have recently been updated and they look like old maps on a scroll-like parchment paper. Yes. It yes, it is yes. beautiful. It's a little detail, but it means so much. When you open up your map, or you open up the UI and there, there's anything graphical in the UI to look at and you, you look at the map and it looks like an actual parchment paper map. It's just, it feels so Elder Scrolls. I, I just adore that. And, and you know what's the, the cool thing is too? Evarwin, what happens if I notice you opening a map? You see me looking at a map in game. Yep. So as I'm going through my UI, just scaling through the map, Shank looks over and, and I'm standing there. My character is standing there yeah. with a map in his hand, just looking at it. It's great. It's, it's so cool, man. Here's what I dislike. I really hate the UI in regard to player interaction. Now, when you want to interact with a player, you have to get close, press a button, which pops up a radial menu. And then, using the mouse, circle around to the choice you want in order to interact with the player. Now, a lot of times, by this time, I actually find the, you know, whisper to the player or trade to the player. The person's already run off. Ran off a mile away. <laughs> right. They already ran off. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm still derping around with my radial menu. I don't like that. That's one of the things about this game I really dislike. Um, can I just make one really quick observation and yeah. out of all of this, mm -hmm. you will notice that a lot of us have, uh, some of us are playing similar classes, still others, uh, some of us are playing the similar weapons and even using the same armor, but none of us have even remotely this close to the same experience and also play style. Despite the fact that some of us are sharing classes, weapons, armor, etc., yeah. totally different. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's amazing. All right, guys, uh, that was two hours. That was epic, dude. How do you guys feel? Hungry, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, listen. Um, I think we're gonna call it. I think that's the show. Um, I would I would love to get into everything else that we've got going on here, but the the fact of the matter is is that this the the show itself is just absolutely ginormous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if if we do that, and it, the it's it's going to cause some some complicated issues. Um, let's, let's see what we can do about maybe the rest of the show at some other point during the week, or I don't know, maybe me, oh, we could probably just save the rest of us and do it next week. <laughs> we could, but, uh, man, what happens if something big happens next week? You know, it fills in all the spot that we had for the, the, no, we just ignore the big thing. It's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll, we just have it in the discussion topics. Plus. I mean, come on. We all know what everyone's looking forward to. Mm. Papa, Papa brisket, brisket and cotton. And cotton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Um, let's let's do this. Let's get our final thoughts in, and then we'll we'll close out the shows, and we'll we'll start with Lou. Wow, a lot of stuff was said today. 
everyone. And I really hope that if people listening in, watching on YouTube or Hitbox, that if they're sitting on the fence, I, I hope what we've said tonight, what little we've said tonight or what we could say tonight, you know, ha- has, you know, helped make your decision. And I really hope it's for the better, meaning you actually are, will join us in those scrolls online, whether it's on the on the PC, you're on the consoles, you know. We I hope that you at least will now give uh, this game it's you know the chance that it deserves. Okay, because you know there's so much to do, so much going on. As I meant, you know, as Shank just mentioned before, four four people, four entirely different play styles, with the four same classes that are in that game. Mm. You know, just think of it. You know, the possibilities are endless. Okay, and I, I think it's it would be great to have everyone you know just give it a shot and get lost in Nern. And Dave, um, honestly, I really am happy to hear that all of our viewpoints are so different. I love it, and it, it just goes to show that this game is absolutely what you make it, and it definitely gives you that many options. Um, for all the things that we may find that we don't care for, I feel that it's so much that it's not enough to stop you from wanting to play the game. And that's a really cool thing. And Shank? Um, I am personally happy that um, you lose touch on this. You know, I gave this game a second shot because I can't tell you of Arwen's text messaging history is a testament to this. <laughs> I can't tell you how much fun I'm having, and guess what? I haven't had to change a damn thing from my single-player playstyle. Not a single thing. And it makes me happy. So if you're a player like me, maybe that's consolation. And also, real quick, I just want to, again, give credit to uh, you know our entire team, our news team, and this community guys, too. They stepped up and wrote some stuff, you know, and... Mm. I hats off to them and we're not done reporting on any of this stuff yet. So very true. All right, guys. Well, time for the QGN community segment segment. Uh, check up on the latest and greatest in Elder Scrolls news, gaming and general gaming and how to join our wonderful growing community. Well, it all starts at elder scrolls off the record.com. Uh, if you want to email our show, you can email us at elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. I'm Avarwin. You can follow me at Avarwin. That's E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B. Dave is at D-Enforce, D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E. And Shank is at ShankTank, S-H-A-N-K-T-H-T-A-N-K. And be sure to follow him for savings on Tempers. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, and don't forget, we are part of the Quest Gaming Network. QuestGamingNetwork.com is the portal site to everything Quest Gaming Network, including this show. Uh, you can, uh, if you want to support our network and our show, you can donate at QuestGamingNetwork.com. Uh, $10 will get you a special mention, but anything, of course, is uh, very much, very much appreciated. Uh, if you do decide to utilize our $10 donation, all you have to do is just, uh, well, we would please ask that you would let us know what show you would like us to mention you on uh, and use the, the uh, on the right-hand side of our all of our web pages, you'll see a donate button. Just click on that, and uh, and there you go. 
Uh, follow our other shows like Classic Elder Scrolls Night, which records Fridays at 9 p.m. live. And then there's Community Game Night on Saturdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Rift Off the Record Live is on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And you can follow them at Rift OTR. Totally Heroes is Totally Live Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern. And you can follow them at Totally Heroes. And SWOTOR Reforged is back. And it's on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And you can follow them at SWOTOR Reforged. Our forums are at questgamingcommunity.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork. And you can also follow us on Google Plus at google.com slash plus sign questgamingnetwork. Send all your hate mail to Dave. And don't don't forget to check out all of our gaming videos, how-to guides, and podcasts live at twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork.com hitbox.tv slash questgamingnetwork and youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork and our youtube channel is our only place that you'll see some of our exclusive youtube content like our let's play videos and Bradford and Brian's let's play Fallout New Vegas series and conversations with QGN the new video series where hosts get together and discuss whatever happens to be on their mind and again that's at youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Time to say goodbye, and we'll start with you. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. See you all again next time. And Dave? Have a great one, everybody. Foos Rota. And Shank? Till next time, guys. Shadow hide you. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the foos be with you. Not yet. Okay, good. So, um, I just want to tell y'all that... Dave. Dave. What? We are. Damn it, man. I gotta talk... I love... I, I love two weeks ago, right? I give, I give Shank a call uh, in the middle of the day. He's like, dude, I literally just, like, ducked into a random conference... <laughs> Just to pick up this phone call right now, and I said, "Do you feel like we lead we lead secret lives, Shank?" He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." But like halfway through that, I got kicked out of that conference room. Yeah, <laughs> somebody else had to take it. Some some hot chick in a tight miniskirt walked up to him, and she's like, yep. "Do you need this?" And he's like, "I I need it. I need it. I I don't need the conference room, but uh, I'm just gonna go." <laughs> yeah, because then that would be like slapping a you know, oh my god. EO complaint right there. Like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. EO complaint. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm, what would you say? I'm, like, not even paying attention to what's Cotton, going on Cotton, you right know now. exactly what I'm talking about. Wow. Oh, <laughs> brisket and cotton. Yes. <laughs> is, uh, is that going to happen throughout the entire episode? I will mute up, dude, but for all, I'm sorry. <laughs> It is like really bad. Like when it hits, it hits. Is that is is it like AIDS? Yes. It's got bronchial AIDS. Dave, is the Elder Scrolls music? Is that is it's that like herpes to me, dude? I, I can't well, take I'm it. asking. I'm not asking. It's if it's too like... much. It's too much.
You know what? If it's too much, give him the Oblivion music then. Just give him the Oblivion music. It actually is the Oblivion. It is the Oblivion music. <laughs> oh, that's why he's acting up then. Okay. That's what the problem is. All right, let's switch to Morrowind. Yeah. <laughs> Papa, brisket, and cotton. Fusilda!